Injured in a car accident? We cap attorney's fees at 30% of the first million. Any recovery above that is all yours. No recovery, no fees or costs. If another lawyer wants more, lawyer up 904. For accidents, injuries, and more, lawyer up 904. Jacksonville. They are not ready for prime time. Prime time. Prime time. Prime time. That's the name. Prime time. Prime time. What time is it? Showtime prime time. It's XL Prime Time featuring Joe C. Son of a gun. Matt Hayes. His balls are different in person. Mia O'Brien. I don't know what they're doing. And Leon Searcy. Bringing you love, peace, and soul. Yes, yes, yes. It continues this week and the rest of your Jacksonville Jaguar football season continues. That's the playoffs, baby. The playoffs. Welcome into XL Primetime, a Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Uh, They're rocking and rolling with deals on both lots, and you can find them real easy to find on US1 in the AUG, Beaver Toyota of St. Augustine, and on Phillips Highway, Beaver Chevrolet. We're bragging on them all day long. We got Plenty to get into uh, with the Jags and looking ahead at the L.A. Chargers. Still looking back a little bit at the Tennessee Titans and what is now the AFC South takeover. It's official. It's official. But also last night. You know what was official last night? S-E-C. S-E-C. I'm sure there's a bunch of... Gator fans out, out there right now chanting SEC. Do you think they're out there right I now chanting really, SEC? I, I know y'all not doing that right I now. hope not. I hope not. I hope not. I hope that if you're a Florida fan and you were rooting for Georgia to win in the yeah, SEC, that is night. shameful. Absolutely I, I, shameful. Hey, man, it's, it's, it's the SEC. There's no way. It's a tag along. Just Listen, means more. When Florida State played Auburn in the championship, there's no way I was saying ACC. Yeah. Come on, Florida State. I was rooting with every ounce of being of my life that Arbor would win that game. Yeah, yeah. That's that's how a fan That's, what, that's an official operate. rival. That's a rival. Yeah. Instead of, instead of bugging each other out and saying we, like, collectively we, are the SEC. We, like, we French. Yeah. We, no. We, no. We. Because when you suck and you're six and seven, you say we. You, know, you got so you to connect yourself to something. Yeah. Oh. yeah, you got to connect yourself to yeah, something. Yeah, do you All think right. Bama fans were like, Another one for us. Well, so no, I don't I'll, think they are. Well, no. Well, Nick Saban certainly didn't look like that sitting no. at the oh, desk he, during ooh. the broadcast. How awkward was that? But no, I'll tell you this. I was telling you guys during the pre-show. I was up in St. Simons a few weeks ago, and the Iowa Kentucky game was on. Drink for those of you who were waiting for your yeah, Iowa exactly. reference Already of the day. Um, yeah, there you go. Um, but no, but right the, gate, the, but yeah. the kid behind the counter says, "Oh well, I'm rooting for Kentucky because it's the SEC, and I'm a dog fan." And so I think if you're a Georgia fan. <laughs> Because you're undoubtedly the best team in the conference. You yeah. can say that. You well, can't say that if you're not Georgia. I, I understand if it's yeah, Kentucky if it's a, or Mississippi right. State or like someone who's irrelevant. But like when you're the big you when you when you want your team to play in the best conference, I get that, which you obviously do. No one's arguing that. Yeah. But against Georgia, yeah, exactly. your arch rival in the conference, like, no, you and, don't and, cheer and, for them and, to win a national title. Yeah, and you know how strong I felt about this forever. I'll, I'll, any anybody who wants to just go ahead and, and you know, kind of put the, the, the hoodie on that says SEC, uh, I, I'm not a fan of that. I, you could be proud, like you could take the whole bowl schedule. Okay, if your if your conference goes through and what did the SEC finish? Uh, barely six and five, I think is what barely over five hundred. Uh, but seven and five, seven and five last night, which is kind of misleading because I mean every year they get two playoff wins anyway, at yeah. least, yeah. maybe more. Right, so right, seven true. and five is kind of misleading. And so that kind of helps helps pad the stats a little bit for the SEC. But uh, I, I I'm all about it if you're if you're 
proud of your conference for winning that many bowl games. That's all good. But by it just is unimaginable to me to want to put your rooting interest behind your arch rival. It's just too hard. But let's just spend right now time applauding the Georgia Bulldogs. I definitely want to applaud okay. them, but I also want to say this just because unbelievable you, performance from them unreal. last night. Just unreal. Un I mean they beat the team that beat the Big 10 champion by 58 points. Yeah. So, I just want to say this, okay, before we go any further. Just sit if you're in your, if you're in your car right now, turn it up. Mm-hmm. If you're sitting at your desk and you got your headbuds on, turn it up. Turn it up cuz I want to say this. Tennessee Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, at Auburn, Kentucky, at Vandy, Florida and Jacksonville, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia Tech. I think we can all just give a collective LOL on that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how they about are them- a lock yeah. for the playoffs. Yeah. How about giving them another natty? Well, you Next know what year. I said. That's 2023 schedule, baby. Is that a traveling band or a football team? That's <laughs> what I mean, it sounds like. I mean, you've got to be kidding Soft me. They're a lock. ice cream. If, that, that not only that, here's another thing. Not only are they a lock, they might even be a lock to win it all because Alabama, I was just new quarterback. Mm-hmm. Ohio State, new quarterback. USC can't play defense. Michigan, we've seen what they do in big games, and they might have a new coach. Who else in the country is going to beat them? Are you saying well, Georgia doesn't have a new LSU's quarterback? Probably, LSU's probably a year away. So Maybe LSU, but LSU's so probably a year away. No, no, no. I had labeled Alabama as the evil empire. Are they now becoming the evil empire? Yes. I will tell you this, and this yes. is a story I'm writing later, later this week in Sire Down South. The story now for next year is, you know, we tried to contrive this Jimbo and Nick, you know, rivalry. Remember that last year? Oh, yeah. You know, it started we with loved recruiting it. and everybody was like, oh, Jimbo and Nick, they don't like each other. something to talk about the in new, June. It was great. The new rivalry, the new story now is Nick finding a way to get back to the top against Kirby. Yeah. Against, and, and his, you- against his number one lieutenant. Yeah, the, the, the neck is, is that you don't, they don't play each other enough. That's well, the neck. Right, it it yeah, is, you know, but I will true. say this. And look, you can look at this any way you want to look at it, right? Nick won four national championships in seven years with Kirby. Right? He's won two since. Mm-hmm. So, that's, uh, that's still pretty good. It's <laughs> very good. It it's good. very good. Okay? Or it's, I'm sorry, four and nine, and then two and seven since. It's very good. But Kirby's won two as well. So I think at some point we all have to embrace the reality that Kirby may have been just as much a factor of them winning that thing, winning so big at Alabama with his recruiting, with being the defensive coordinator, with getting those guys motivated, as Nick was. I'm not – look, I'm not diminishing what Nick did. Which, I'm not saying I, Nick isn't the GOAT, the greatest ever. What you all I'm to telling say. you wait, is – Wait, 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 wait. All I'm saying is you all no. better put a little more respect what on you, Kirby for those, what, for those nine years he was there with Nick. What you're saying is Nick is the chef and – Kirby bought the groceries. No, I'm saying Nick is the chef and Kirby's the sous chef. That's what I'm saying. Uh, I think what you're also saying is that when you think about whether, you know, uh, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady combo, what they were able to do, I think you're saying that Nick is Billy. Very similar. And Kirby is Tom Brady. Well, isn't, Very similar. Isn't this yes, the plot so. line to a Star Wars movie as well? Yeah. That his first lieutenant has now risen up his own, so, his own flesh and blood. By the way, who's your, who's your daddy is what we're saying. <laughs> I'm not saying who's that, but I will say this. We, we also have Kirby a little bit later explaining how he got to that point in a little, you know, 45, 30, 40-second pregame speech Unbelievable. So you'll hear that, and then you'll understand why George's Luke, not only won two in a row, but yeah. they're – I mean, I don't, mm. know, I don't know who beats them next year. Seriously. Well, yeah. The, it, but Themselves. So funny. That's the only team that beats them. It's so funny. When you rattle off the schedule, it looks 
so gettable for Georgia. Yeah, I mean they'll play okay. they'll play a four, which could be Clemson. Right. Is Clemson going to beat them? Yeah, come but on. It looks, it looks so gettable, and, and yet <laughs> no. we still we still refer to the SEC as being the toughest conference out there. And you look at that schedule uh, uh, with the ones outside right. of the conference and the games inside the conference. And it doesn't strike fear. And then they'll play Bulldog. Alabama again in the championship game. Yeah. That's what it's going to be. My play FSU yeah. in the same. I will literally yeah. put money down right now say. that it's Georgia-Alabama in the championship game next year. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, read, let me read for you then, Alabama. Speaking of traveling bands, let mm-hmm. me read for you Alabama's 2023 schedule. Middle Tennessee, home against Texas, at South Florida, home against Ole Miss, at Mississippi State, at A&M, home versus Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU, at Kentucky, that sounds pretty home, meaty. Home versus Chattanooga at Auburn. Yeah, hey, that sounds pretty meaty. Hey, stiff... not, hey, don't slip on middle to the sea. Bro, that's a stiff schedule. <laughs> 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 no, you hated having to say that. I had to say it, Miami. I had to say it, Miami. <laughs> that's not an, That's a tough schedule for a brand-new quarterback, be it Jalen Milrow, be it Ty Simpson, be it someone from the portal. Who knows? Yeah, but That's just, not an easy schedule, hey, just man. Just remember a year ago it was uh, for a new quarterback named Bryce Young who went out and won no, the Heisman. No, I, I know. I know. But, I mean, you're, you're – believe me, Bryce Young – we all knew what Bryce Young was. We have no idea what Jalen Milrow is mm-hmm. or Ty Simpson. So who's leaving, who's staying at Georgia? That's the next question. Over the yeah. next week you're going to see not only guys leaving for the NFL but guys leaving for the portal. Because if you're on that, if you're on that team and you've won two straight championships and you're – a guy that didn't really play as much. Right. And you see these young dudes like Michael Williams starting to pass yeah, you. Yeah, that's coming up. Guess yeah. what? Yeah. You're leaving. And, and your resume still says two-time national champion, so you're going to get some love from yeah. what, wherever that next yeah. uh, school uh, that wants you is going to recruit you and say, hey, come on, bring some of that action over here. But back to Nick. And Nick just looked. He looked semi-angry, semi-perturbed, uh, semi-why am I on this stage with all you clowns kind of look. That's his choice, man. Oh, he loves it. He, he was the one it. who went on that stage. Of course he did. He's a salesman. He is a salesman along with a coach, and he loves that spotlight. But at the but same time. He didn't see 65 He was stewing, yeah, bro. He, was he did not see 65 No, this is one of the first times where he's been questioned a little bit yeah. on that set. And, and that Pollock. Yeah, it doesn't happen very often. Of course, Pollock with the, with his red and black, and I don't blame him. He's he's basically saying what he sees. He that said is, George is taking over college football, yeah. and Nick was kind of like, "I want to punch you right now." Yeah, and Herb Street said it uh, three, four weeks ago that instead of "We want Bama signs," you're going to see "We want Georgia signs," and that's that's basically saying that they've arrived at the top. Pat McAfee did amuse Nick. He also tripped out Nick a little bit, like he just kept looking at him like. What are you doing? You know, what are you doing? But this, I mean, this will be a point where Nick, I mean, this is kind of it for him. This is the last push. Can you get back to the mountain now? Mm. And, you know, if Georgia wins it again and then it's three in a row, then what happens with Nick? They must then, be then, stopped. Then, then where do you? Yeah, that, so then that, that's what he thinks you think? They must be stopped? Yeah, they must be stopped. So that he stays, be, he stays just the, for that. That should be the anthem of college football right now. Georgia must be stopped. Well, three as, in a row? And if they do it easily like they did last night. Yeah, that's inappropriate. Uh, come on, boy. You're, you're ruining college football for me. Sorry, last so all, night, all last night what, what I did go, not enjoy college football last what night. What if they go three in a row? I was cheated. But you love the semis. I was cheated out of the game. You love the semis. I was cheated by the committee. I was. I was cheated by the committee. The committee tried to tell us that a Kansas State team that beat TCU shouldn't have dropped to four. And Ohio State should have went to three. And I would have endured Michigan-Ohio State. I would have endured the rematch. Ohio State would have got the best of it. We would have saw that train wreck last, that we saw last night in the semis. Georgia would have beat the Which dog. Which would have you been fine. Yep. They're fine. And Ohio State and Georgia should have played for the natty. And then if you gave me the same outcome 
I can live with it. I, then I can enjoy college. I'm not sure Ohio State would have beaten Michigan again because Michigan has the formula to beat them right now. They they are physical and they beat them up and Ohio well, we, State doesn't know how to deal with it. Well, right we, now. we we say that about Georgia when they lost Alabama again yeah, to the Southern Championship. It. They flipped the script. That's yeah. why I was hoping to see. Right, right, right. So two things. First and foremost, uh, we can hit a that for this one, JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Courtesy of our boy Mike Griffith of AJC Dog Nation and the SEC Network. Stetson Bennett is not at the championship press conference. Brock Bowers is the player there instead. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe uh, he wasn't on Good Morning America this morning, but maybe old Stet had a little too much fun Hangover. last night. Good for him, man. So, Hangover. Good for him. Good for Stet. So that's Hell one. Yeah. Two, back to the point about Kirby versus Saban. This one's off the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, which you can get it on the conversation at 641-1010. This is courtesy of 3639 who says, Bama already won two titles without Kirby, and they beat Kirby every time they've played except last year's title game. So I don't think Saban is Belichick and Kirby is Tom here. Georgia is becoming the new Alabama, to be certain, but that doesn't mean that Saban is dead. Yeah, it, it, the Bama guys can't let it go, well, man. Well, of course they can't. They it cannot, was theirs. They are holding on to that thing like grim death. Yeah, man. and why not? It was theirs for the longest time. And but now, you know what? Yeah, It's not anymore. Well, all right, well, but just listen to this. This is the part that I, I love, and, and, and I think anyone out there listening, uh, they know that Joe C does not stand up for the Tide very often, okay? But – for Nick's part in this, okay, Kirby's done great things, and it looks like he is basically putting together the you know the takeover. He he snuck in, he had that little flashlight in his mouth, he pulled the blueprints out, he took pictures of them, and then he left. You know he but, did. You know he did take a picture of the recruiting board when he left. Yeah, yeah. He literally the day he left, yeah. he took a picture of Alabama's recruiting board, yeah. all the guys he was recruiting, and told the recruits we started recruiting for Georgia. Look where they have you ranked. We have you way higher. Oh yeah. All right. So here's the number. Okay. Every one of Nick Saban's recruiting classes since 2007, every one since 2007 has won at least one national championship. At least one natty. That's a saucy right there. Okay? So if you're saying that. Saucy nugs. If you're saying that Kirby is ready to just jet past Nick Saban, think about that number. That's an outrageous. Every single class had a part of the national championship. Class meaning you're meaning four, right? Yeah. Over right. over that stretch. All right. So every recruit. I mean, from, to be fair, if if second and twenty six doesn't happen, if they don't blow a coverage, uh, then every Georgia recruiting yeah. class would have a championship yeah. too. If 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 if. No, if, I know if, that. I know yeah, that. I'm not yeah, saying. I'm just yeah. saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. I don't think you can ignore that because it's not like they're just Johnny Come Lately right, right now. He had it going four years ago. Right, but it, but just to go to the if world, if oh, there's the, ifs with Alabama where they could have won eight right. or nine. I just, agree, and just and also just think of the two losses they had this year. Yeah, yeah, of yeah. Course. And both of them on the road, hostile environments, two of the toughest I places. I completely to play. agree. And, and and as crazy as it was, they still only lost by a three and a and a one. Is that what it was? Yeah, a three and a one. Three and a one. Uh, and so it's just it's nuts. Now Nick will use every bit of this as fuel. But we can make it uh, our Twitter poll question today, uh, JJ. Is it official? Is Georgia uh, now ready to dethrone Alabama? Did we do this with Clemson and Dabo? We might have. I think we did. Like, you have to, you know, to make we music did. great. Like, the Beatles are great because their music stands the test of time. Like, you can listen to it now just like in the 60s and enjoy it. Nick Saban stood the test of time. Like, mm-hmm. we, I can't put. Kirby over there for five years worth of work. Yeah. You know, like Dabo's done the exact same thing Kirby has. We didn't crown him. Yeah. No. No, no. he didn't do the same thing Kirby did. What are you talking about? Did he win back to back? Well, he won two no, or three. No, but 
and he beat and he, he and he, he beat, beat Bama to do it. Just, I mean, yeah. look, I love Dabo. He also did it with two generational quarterbacks. Yeah, uh, it, uh, they all have different ways of doing it. Think of all this the guy generational. Did it. This guy did it with a, with a you know was on the local frat team. Pulled him off and said, "Let's I'll go." Yeah, he looked pretty generational, honestly. He and did. also also he the, did. the the players on the defensive side, pretty generational. Look here, here's the, this is why Nick is so upset at Kirby. Okay, Jason Walker, Michael Williams, Dalen Everett, Xavier Sori, Marvin Jones Jr. All those guys would have been with Alabama mm-hmm. if Nick, if Kirby were still there. Yeah, now they're at Georgia. Those are all like freshmen and retro freshmen sophomores who are going to be superstars next year. Mm-hmm. The next, you know, first round draft picks right. of this Georgia defense. Yeah. That's why Nick has fallen and Georgia has risen. Right. Defensively, Georgia's better than Alabama. It's but not close. What, yeah. It's not it's, close right now. And that is what Saban did over and over and over as he kept replacing superstars with the next superstar. I would argue offensively, too. I mean, when Branson Robinson came in, the true freshman mm-hmm. running back. I mean, Kenny McIntosh is going to be a good player in the league, but I thought Robinson looked the most electric of yeah. any of the running backs in that stable. And Williams popped in there, too. So you, you had guys, McIntosh well, definitely being. I mean, Aaron you know, Smith and, and, and A.D. Mitchell didn't even play this year, both of them, basically. Yeah, yeah. They're both back. Plus, they get Dominic Lovick from Missouri. They get Ra Ra Thomas from Mississippi State. Those two wideouts. Mm-hmm. And Car- you, you, you pick Lad Carson Rocker Beck back. in there, yeah. and you, got, you surround that with Brock Bowers and McConkie. Carson Beck's going to have a field day next wait, year. Wait, wait, real quick on Carson, because the text line just brought this to our attention. Did Denny get a shout-out? Oh, here he it did. is. All right, listen. I didn't, have, I didn't have the audio oh, He up. did. JJ, go to my timeline, because I tweeted it out uh, last night, and you'll find it at, at 1010XL. Kirby gave a shout-out, yeah. Yeah, and I, you know, I, I tipped the cap to Denny and, and put it out there. You know, the audio's not great, but you can hear it. Uh, you know, I was in my Modelo's, so you may not be able to hear it <laughs> Yeah, perfectly. I got it right here. Yeah, but go ahead and see if you – I know he is really well-respected quarterback who came in with a lot of accolades. I know he works out with a couple guys I knew down in Jacksonville, Will Hewlett and Kenny Thompson, both work on these quarterbacks and continue to help with their mechanics. He has tremendous ability. It'll be probably the guy next year. So, so there you go. Uh, you're telling me that I worked with Denny on the sports den for multiple years, and he's your buddy, uh-huh. and we never had him on the show, Denny? <laughs> well, he just started Come training. On. He just started training Herb Street's kid lips. like two oh, years ago. Loose, yeah. loose lips sink shit. <laughs> <laughs> and so Denny got a shout-out last night, which was awesome. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I had to put it out there six points and Denny uh, uh, for the love uh, from Herbie. Hey, and look, if, if, if it's as simple as it gets, if Herbie's got a kid that you're instructing, you're going to get a shout out. Uh, the, all those quarterbacks that want to see their next generation uh, of quarterbacks come up, they're going to get the best teaching and instruction possible. All right. Now, also last night on the Twitter timeline was one Dan Hicken begging the Carolina Panthers to throw every bit of money that uh, Tepper has uh, Kirby's way and get him out of the SEC and Not get him to the NFL. And defrage up in McClenny saying the exact same thing. Hopefully the NFL will give Kirby a blank check and we can rest easy. Does his coaching he style translate? Like, I don't think so. It's not, well, you know what? Let's play this pregame speech now. and you tell me, Leon, you being the NFL a veteran that you are, let's, let's see if this coaching style would translate to you. You got it, JJ? Your ass is prepared for this shit for a 365 days. I think about them in that locker room. Think about getting our opportunity. All the shit you went through this week to get ready for this game. Now is when you pay the price. You go out there with energy, enthusiasm. Hey, now, ain't nobody in this room should be cautious. Ain't nobody in this room should be nervous about shit. Go out here and f*** their ass up. Don't think about scoreboard. Don't think about shit. You think about knocking the shit out of them. Did you hear what Fox said on Monday? Let's take that f***ing meeting. I wanted to go f***ing play. 
Detroit. Tell me you these guys up. You go play the right way. You play the right way. You knock their ass off. You stay off the ground. You tackle the man with a ball. The is easy. Look at the right Punish their ass on offense and kick their ass on special teams, guys. It's about who the we are. I believe in you. Let's go. This was locker room talk. Oh, yeah, that's definitely locker room talk. <laughs> you're not hearing that I in the NFL. I guess you can't, bro. It does, but you're not hearing that in the NFL, are you? Name me another head coach oh, anywhere that's going to do that, college yeah, you, or pros. Yeah, they, they, oh, they don't do it. They, they, don't, they don't do that in the NFL. No, they don't do that. That's why I love college, college football so much. They do that every The coaches in college, college football, football yeah. are animated, especially yeah. when it comes to a big game like that. If you can't get jacked up for a game like that, Right. Makes you run the, make but you they run will the put that extra oh, adrenaline man, in man, there, there are coaches who literally hire someone to do that. Yeah. Like, I can remember Billy Donovan had an assistant, like a lower-tier assistant. All he did was MF the players yeah. in pregame. Yeah. That's all he did. Where can literally I all he did. No, 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 let, me, let, me say, let me say this about, about Kirby. Best and, job and, ever. It's, it's, we used to yeah. stand outside the locker room and laugh. It was so funny. As much as Kirby, Kirby's not going to like that, whoever recorded that. Yes. Oh, that was Antonio Brown, in, in case anyone's wondering. Yeah, yeah. yeah that <laughs> was AB. He's not going to like that because, yeah, yeah. because in the locker room, it's, it's, like, it's like skull and bones. It's a secret society. Right. Everybody <laughs> is, not to be, is not supposed to get privy to what's going on in the locker room. So whatever kid that recorded that, whatever, he's going to find them out. And oh, he will gonna, find out. He's going to find out who it is. And the kids gonna be running wind sprints right after, you know, right after this, the, the parade. <laughs> I'm telling you, he's gonna do it. And depend and depending on how many stars he has, depending on how many sprints he's gonna get. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. But I love that kind of stuff. That's yeah. college football, right? And, and and so does Kirby translate to the National Football League? I, I don't know, but he has no interest right now. He's just I don't gonna think keep he has any plowing at all. He's, and he's just gonna keep getting hardware. He's at, at his, alma, he's at his like. alma mater, the place he played for. Yeah. The place that, when he played, they were getting killed, well, and it was and it was bad football and. And he was embarrassed by it. Now he's on top of the world. He, he's never too. leaving, man. We, never. We will find the other soundbite. I will after, say this. He, after the game, he basically says that uh, you got to stay hungry. And if you're willing to eat food off the floor, then you got a chance. Right. To, I, mean, I mean, that's how he looks at this thing. And it's that's what I'm saying. This is the thing with him. He's not going to the NFL. He's not going to another program. The only thing that gets him out of there is if he gets burned out. Yeah. Because he goes hard, yeah. man. Well, he was hard. Hansel and Gretel in them last night. You're going to eat yeah. off the floor. He, he, I'm telling you right now, man, I, I wouldn't be shocked if five, seven, eight years down the road, he's got three or four more national titles, and he says, all right, I'm done. Mm-hmm. Because it's just too much. But it's what does he have much. as a hobby? I, I, I don't know that he does, but That's it's just anger. anger. He's, I mean, he's, he's got young he kids, but really hard, man. But it's like Nick's the same way. Nick right. says, I go out to the lake. Miss Terry, I we, move we the have brush. a good time. And all that stuff, but uh, it, it – it, that burn inside, you just Let's have put to, this way. You got to be able to manage. Muschamp, who goes hard, yeah, yeah. Once told me, yeah, Kirby go hard. He goes yeah. hard. Yeah, his flame, you know, it's it's always on. And if Muschamp's saying that, I mean, come on, he goes hard, man. That's the only thing that's going to take him out. The only thing. All right, you guys can jump in. We want to hear from you. Six four one ten ten. Real uh, quick, I do want to hit a uh, bit of baseball breaking news. That just. Happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Close your ears, Mets fans. It oh, appears nice. the Mets deal with Carlos Correa Ooh. has fallen apart. Yeah. Shortstop Carlos Correa, according to Jeff Passan of ESPN, is finalizing a six-year, $200 million deal with the Minnesota Twins. The deal has a vesting option that can max out at 270 mil. It is pending a physical. Braves fans everywhere. 
Rejoice. So this is the second team that his physical is screwed up on. Yeah, Correct. So we're going to find out. So what makes you think that this one's going to work? Boris keeps saying, I'm going to take my, not my ball and go home. I'm going to take my player uh, and go home, and we'll find out. But Have now, we ever seen anything like this? No. can't think of it like this. Um, In any sport, for what it's worth. It's not just baseball. Like, I've never heard of a player failing they, multiple physicals and then bouncing around because his agent is still getting him contracts. The only thing I can think of about a player signing and then, like, bouncing or uh, not doing the deal was, remember, I think it was DeAndre Jordan maybe for the Mavs re-signed, but then they, like, locked him in a room and they brought the owner in and, like, then he decided to change his mind or something like that. Yeah. It's very rare. But he did change his mind, though. It wasn't this, like, he failed the physical. No, nothing like that. And the Giants tried to say, like, the Giants front office, the San Francisco Giants front office was like, well, we didn't agree with it. The doctor failed him on the physical. But now all of a sudden this deal with the Mets has gone awry. So I don't Very know. Very weird. We've never seen anything like it. All right, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you today's show. You can check them out online, beaverchevrolet.com, beavertoyotastaintaugustine.com. Great deals all the time. They're working for you, and they're great people. That's for sure. So let's stay on Georgia. We'll get to the Jags. Uh, How big is this win in the world of college football? Let's expand it to the college football playoff conversation because with a blowout like that, what will we get from the college football playoff? We'll hit that coming up. I don't know if Stetson knows this, but I walked in and my 10-year-old son, Andrew's balling. And I was like, oh, no, somebody's hurt his feelings. Somebody's thrown him down. Somebody's done something to him. I said, why are you crying? You're going to ruin my moment. He said, Stetson's leaving. Stetson's gone. I said, he's 25 years old. He's got to go. Got to leave. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. Where will Stetson go, though? That's that, that's, that's the next question. After uh, an illustrious career at Georgia that absolutely no one saw coming seven years ago, the two-time national champion, two-time MVP of the national championship game, Heisman finalist. And, I will tell you this. I did speak with Stetson's high school coach. Yeah. Shout out to my boy, Sean Pender, this morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the movie rights deal, it, it, it is in the works. Yeah. Um, so I know we had the question yesterday of what will come first, the statue or the movie, um, the movie rights, the, the wheels are in motion. I'm curious if they're going to wait a little bit on that front because is Stetson going to chase an NFL dream now? Moreover, and this was a conversation my friends and I were having as we were watching the game last night, is Stetson going to get drafted or is he an undrafted guy that maybe sticks in the league for a year and then goes back to Blackshear, God's country, and – and does his thing out there and doesn't pay for another drink or anything for the next 70-plus oh, years. Yeah, or, he'll be or, able to do whatever he wants or, to do. Or is he a guy yeah. that's going to hold a clipboard, get 10 to 12 years in the league, because coaches like Kirby, families like Kirby's, love this guy, and he's he's got it going on between the years, and is he well, like an Orlovsky or a, or a Chase Daniels? Everyone says size-wise that you know he's not the biggest cat. Well, if Bryce Young's going to the National Football League, with his size, then, yeah, Stetson could be a backup. Dude, if Minshew can win the, games in the NFL, yeah. Stetson Bannock can win yeah, games he's, in the NFL. He's, he's got an unbelievable aptitude. He is quick. He can move. He scored the first touchdown last night from, what, 20-some yards out. Uh, he can move and, and also can – he will be a guy fine, that can man. make a roster. 
He's, yes, he'll be picked in the fifth or sixth round. His arm strength is fine. He'll stay on in the league as long as he wants to, basically. Yeah. But not gonna be, I don't think he's going to be a starter, but he'll be somebody second for a long time. We were talking about the lines of scrimmage yesterday, Leon, going into this game off the text line designed by Lifetime Enclosures. If George, it's, it's Georgia's lines of scrimmage. Stetson walked off the field cleaner yeah. uh, than when it started. It's certainly uh, not their X's and O's. It's the Jimmys up front. And, look, he can operate back there like a technician because he had all the time that he needed. He Look, he is a fabulous player. That line definitely <laughs> uh, Yeah, I mean, uh, here's the thing, though. I mean, wherever he goes, he may not have the luxury of a Georgia offensive oh, yeah. line in front of him. Oh, yeah. He goes to Chicago, he's in trouble. Yeah. You see how <laughs> Justin Field has to run half the time. Yeah. But, no, if he's given the opportunity, absolutely. He's If he's given after in the fifth or sixth round, depending on where he goes, he can, le- he can learn under the tutelage of whoever the starter is. And I'm telling you, the best job in the NFL, the best job in the NFL is backup quarterback. Mm-hmm. You can make some bread as a backup quarterback. You can stay in the league 8, 10, 12, 15 years. And I'm just being gonna, a reliable I'm just backup. Throw this out there, but and not have I, bad I'm, knees or bad shoulders exactly. or anything afterwards. I, I, I think the Chiefs might take him. The Chiefs? The Chiefs. Like around the fifth or sixth round. Oh, you know, okay. Just a nice little backup. You know, nice guy to have on the roster, smart guy. Right, we've sworn football. off draft talk. We're not doing huh? this. We're not doing this. It's about yeah, okay. Stetson, though. It's about right? Stetson. Right? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, some. I mean, some of the stuff that Georgia does is kind of a component of what very Patrick Mahomes does. How, and and w- he'd be protected in that offense. That's oh, for sure. Oh yeah, absolutely. And he'd have skill guys all around <clears throat> him in that offense. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Why? I mean, if you're Andy Reid, that's like a. I mean, it's a no-brainer. If he's still there in the sixth round, take him. Yeah. Why not? You know what's going to happen. You're going to. What's going to happen is Patrick Mahomes is going to go down. Stetson Bennett is going to come. To the Chiefs, it's going to take them to a freaking Super Bowl. <laughs> that's going to be that's going to be the end. The, the, that will be at this point. We're talking about like the, the movie deal. The movie deal is probably the same outrageous. age as, as uh, Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, well, he yeah. is. right there, twenty five. He's got to go. He's twenty five. I think he might still have a COVID season. Actually, yeah, he might. Oh, sure about that. Yeah, I think no, he might. No, Seth already used his. I thought. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, oh I thought God. they had the super senior. If this man is playing yeah. at twenty six, yeah. and, and look, there, there have been a lot of guys that have been able to enjoy. Five six years of college because of the, the the extra year the super senior and all that kind of stuff. Right at this point, and what a great run! Can, like appeal it and say I want another season. They'll say yeah, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, He's not going to. I'm just saying. Right. You know. Yeah. <laughs> so while it appears that our Gators and Dogs can't agree on do you root for SEC teams or not on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures, it does appear as we make <laughs> our transition from the college football ranks to the National Football League that there's a lot of Jags fans who say even though I'm a Gator, I would take Stetson. Mm-hmm. as Trevor Lawrence's backup for the next 10 years. I don't foresee that just because they play such different styles. And in talking to our quarterback whisperer, Denny Thompson, you want a quarterback that at least has similar styles, sure. a similar framework as your starting quarterback. That's why the Mahomes thing is curious, only because we know that Stetson can use his legs like Mahomes. Not that Trevor can't, mm-hmm. but Trevor's six foot six. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit well, different. Yeah. Well, and also, he goes off can... platform like Mahomes, yeah. too. So he right. can do things when the pocket breaks down, Stetson yeah. can't. Oh, yeah. Look, this guy has proven to a lot of people that doubted him and didn't believe in him that he has a hell of a lot of what you need to operate at quarterback and be hugely successful. He has made a lot of other people around him very good as well. So, yeah, there's there's nothing bad there. But just staying on the team, I, I can't believe we've advanced this to him being a fifth round to the Kansas City Chiefs uh, next uh, April. But I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, he, he, he'll have a chance to make a roster, no problem. And then now you look at the Georgia Bulldogs and how long can they reign? I think that's probably the biggest story for college football fans out there, just trying to figure it out. Can they run this 
at this level for a long time based on their recruiting, based on what Kirby's doing. And for the Florida State Seminoles, Mike Norvell just got his team back to double-digit wins. They're bringing a lot of people back. They're going to be talking about can they win the ACC? Can they dethrone Clemson? That's a neighboring school that's a rival. Florida, neighboring school that's a rival. With right now not a whole lot of answers to come back and, and challenge Georgia with what Georgia's done in the recruiting world and on the football and field. And correct me know, if I'm wrong, yeah. that's going to be our Twitter poll question yeah, sim- J- 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 in a similar vein. Yeah. Look, look, I love the Knowles. I love what Norvell's done. I think it's great that he's got them out of that hole that they were in. Yeah. But for anybody who watched their last two games and think this is a playoff team, you are out of your mind, okay? The regular season final, they played a bad Florida team, and the Florida quarterback threw it 30 feet over the tight end's head on a 4th and 12. Would have been a first down. He's wide open. Mm-hmm. On the last drive, that could have tied the game, okay? In Tallahassee, yeah, all right? Then they go to the bowl game. He gets another bad Oklahoma team, another last possession game. So your last two games are last possession games against two average teams, mm-hmm. yeah. two teams that are clearly on the down. This is not a playoff team, right. okay? If we're, if we're I think t- it's great what he's done. Yeah. I think in a couple of years they continue to recruit like he has been recruiting and get impact players from the portal. They've got a chance. But next year, come on. Yeah, I, I think my, my point is is that every team in this region, an athletic director probably sent an email late last night that said, where are we and how are we going to beat that team? Yeah, in this region, I agree with that. And it could be ACC, SEC, it because you recruit matter. against them too. That's yeah. another. You know, we, we're joking yeah, about it's, Florida it's you and that. are head to head, yeah, day to day basis with now the behemoth that is Georgia. It's as much recruiting as it is on the field because yeah. on the field you can get hot or you can get a hot game or something like Florida did in 2020 mm-hmm. with Trask. You can get that. It's day to day every year recruiting. That's what's going to well, kill them. Listen, I, I can appreciate them recruiting four or five stars. Guys at, at Georgia, but enough enough is not being said about those coaches there. Yeah. Get the best out yeah, of those yeah. four and five. Yeah, they do. They play like five star recruits. Yeah. So that coaching staff, that assistant coach staff, the weightlifting, the trainer, the nutritionist, all that, all that's implied to make sure that kid is at his optimum when he plays. Mm-hmm. So enough's not being said. They they've got a program in place. With kids that are five stars, yeah. they shine like five. So NFL, we say draft and develop. Uh, yes, college is yes, recruit and develop. Yes, absolutely. And, and, and you have got to turn them into into individuals. And back to the saving part of this conversation. And and like I said, this could be Florida. This could be everybody. Florida hired Billy Napier to challenge Georgia in the SEC East. Now, who else has stepped up? The Tennessee Volunteers. Josh Heupel was hired to move up and challenge for the SECs. But all these teams are looking around going, you know, what is it going to take for us to get back there to get the kind of run that he's got going right now? So that is our Twitter poll question at 1010XL. JJ, remind the people what exactly our question is. Yeah, it's simple. Has Kirby dethroned Saban? Question A brought to you by Beaver Toyota. 70% say no. Uh, Somebody says when Kirby has eight titles, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and off the text line, whoa, 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 let's pump the brakes. UGA has had an awesome few years. Awesome, but not even close to the same stratosphere as what Bama and Nick have accomplished over the past 15 years. So that's the feeling, especially from the Bama side. All right, let's pivot to the <laughs> national football ranks real quick. Um, wait, 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 oh, wait, 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 wait one second. Wait one second. Go ahead. That stuff is like, okay, great. You did that stuff along it's, the way. We're talking you know, about right you know what, now. You know what it sounds like? It sounds like old furniture in a new house. Right? You don't want it. Right. It's there. Wait, you wait. Can, you it looks it nice. In, looks nice. 
You can keep it or you can get rid of it. Oh, like I you disagree. Just if you have a really good lazy boy that's been with you for years, it's still <laughs> well, the, I, 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 what, what if you got a five, piece of furniture in your home? What if you like got a, a five-star piece of furniture from Pottery Barn? What are you going to yeah. do? Yeah, but if you if still you have a million-dollar home and you haul in some rooms to go, it's probably not going to work. You know, <laughs> right. That's probably what it is. But the other part of it is like when you say, whoa, 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 this cracks me up. This really does. This is Matt Hayes, senior columnist at Saturday Down South, and you have started to throw dirt on Nick Saban. No, no, I mean, no. I'm unbelievable. Not, I'm not throwing. It's no. like it's like Nick it's not what I'm doing at all. But it's like Alabama. Yeah. yeah, it was like Alabama was six and seven last year. That's not year. what I'm doing at all. What I'm saying is Kirby's on top right now. Yeah. Whether Alabama likes it or not, Kirby is on yes, top right totally now. Totally agree with that's that. what I'm saying. Yeah. What I'm saying is now the the biggest thing next year, the best story in college football next year is can Nick return to the top? Yes. That's yes. what I'm saying. I'm not throwing dirt on Nick. Yeah. No way. He's the that's greatest ever. All I'm saying is <laughs> right now. Right now, Georgia's on top. Yes, yes. And, and all, all we care about is right now. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And it's back-to-back. But the other part of it is, like we said before, Bama was just, honestly, a couple of plays away. And, and to Leon's point, TCU got shoehorned back in there after the loss because the college football playoff committee wanted Excuse. to make sure that they represented as many Excuse. conferences as they could. They put Excuse. two from the Big Ten in. And they didn't want to put excuse. two from the SEC in. You know what Georgia does with those excuses? They just win every time they go out. Doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. What would Bama, they don't need excuses. They what just would win. Bama have done to TCU? I guess is my question. Uh, I I don't know. It doesn't matter because they haven't oh, played. I know. I know that. I, you know who I did totally. play in the national championship game? Georgia. Right. One by fifty eight. Right. I I I totally get that. I'm, I'm not even. I'm just, you guys can you guys can do all your mental gymnastics all you want about Alabama. They're no longer at the top of the mountain. It's Georgia. But period. I, I, I don't think anyone's saying that Alabama's at the top right now because uh, Georgia has of, one back to back. There's a lot of back. people on this wonderful text line here that are saying it. But I think what they're saying is look at what the sum total of what Nick has done. All right. Let's look at the sum total last two years. I get that. I do get that. Listen, if Georgia in the last two years played in the SEC West, do we think that they would just go through it undefeated? Yes. Okay. yes. A hundred percent, yes, yes. Can you read that schedule again for me, Matt? Yeah, it's a look. It's I, I get it. It's and this is what if if no, you're, no, no. But seriously, read it again for me because I'm trying to make a transition. They did if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're, Missouri, like if you like week in and week out in the SEC, it's not easy. We know that in the SEC West, it's really not easy. So, so it, it's this is not only a sobering thought for Florida, but this is also a sobering thought for everybody in the college football. Tennessee, Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, at Auburn. Kentucky, at Vandy, Florida and Jacksonville, Missouri, Ole Miss, at Tennessee, at Georgia. Mm-hmm. Where's the tech. program? Wait, wait, where's, where's at, the, at Tennessee's? At, tough. No, the, program, the program's in there. Athens. The program's yeah. in Athens. Yeah. Okay, um, so South we, Carolina game in Athens. So wait, let's do a quick that Missouri in Athens. Quick Ole that, Miss in JJ. That just happened. Brought to you by Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Liam Cohen, considered the genius that created Will Levis at Kentucky, left to become the offense coordinator for the Los Angeles Rams. He is now returning yep. to Kentucky as of 25 minutes ago as yeah. their as their OC. The program, the program might be the biggest challenger then to Georgia in the SEC. I don't know about that, but it, it'll be fun to see Devin Leary with Liam Cohen, I'll tell you yeah. that. Well, it was expected that Liam Cohen was going to come back, so now yeah. it's official. And Devin Leary will benefit greatly uh, from that guy. It is interesting, worth noting, whatever, how it, how it happened. He went from the SEC, a highly regarded offensive mind, back into the NFL and then back into the SEC in about 365 days. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, it's, 
you know, he originally started working for McVeigh as like a mm-hmm. I think he was yeah. like an offensive assistant. Had ties to him. Yeah, yeah, some kind of offensive assistant. Went to Kentucky because McVeigh told him, hey, McVeigh told Stoops, hey, this guy's right. the real deal. He goes to Kentucky for a couple of years. They were one year. They played really, really well with Levis, and then boom, right back to the NFL. Yeah, I mean, it'll be fun. Real quick before we go to break, because I want to mention this. Because uh, I was talking to JJ about this in, in the in the uh, break, so the top twenty five from this season, the preseason top twenty five mm-hmm. of that of those twenty five teams, okay, nine lost at least six games, five lost at least seven games. So there's a whole. So you're lot saying of, the preseason saying, rankings mean nothing? I'm saying wow. they, I'm saying they mean nothing. But I also I'm also saying that the AP poll means nothing. I'm also saying <laughs> there's that, a lot of Xavier fans that are ha- unhappy with me right now who'd agree with you on that. But once, continue. Once you get past Ohio State with a new quarterback, but Michigan potentially with a new coach, Alabama with a new quarterback, USC with no defense. There's a whole lot of nothing out there, man. This well, is this okay, is we are in danger right now of Georgia doing. Things that no one could ever think of. All right, so let's get to the obvious here. Everyone says this 12-team playoff is going to change college football. Everyone says the NIL is going to change college football. Well, guess what? Not much has changed. The king at the top is going to dominate because they're going to be able to go out and recruit out of a 25-player class, uh, a handful of probably a majority of four and five stars. That's a bunch of first-round picks that he gets to go out and get every single year. It's not going to change much. But the playoff, here's how the playoff will change it, okay? It's going to change it because there's another step, another two steps to the playoff, okay? Because mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to be 12. I think, I think by the time a 2026 rolls around for the new contract, it's going to go to 16. So there's going to be more steps. So there's more chances for injury during the playoff. There's more chances for overlooking a team. Because let's face it, we've seen it before where Alabama and Georgia have overlooked somebody. That's happened. Ohio State's overlooked somebody. Iowa, mm-hmm. Purdue. It happens all the time. And believe me, it could happen again. You get a key injury, Stetson Bennett or whoever the quarterback is in 2026, he goes down after a, a first, big first-round win, and then all of a sudden in the second round you got a testy game against Oklahoma or whoever. Yeah, of maybe, course. Maybe, but by and large, the by odds, and large, I will give it the to odds you, yeah. say, as much as we're looking forward to what a 12-team college football playoff will bring to us just from an excitement level, expanded playoffs, many weeks more of college football, it may end up as the same. Blowout loss after blowout loss after blowout loss, honestly. Yeah, I mean, Matt, are we going to get more of what we saw last night or more of what we saw in semis. Georgia State? Yeah, maybe in the semis. Maybe you get more of that, Joe. I, I, I hope, honestly, because when we, when, we let, <clears throat> when we made the case for this, we said, okay, this year looks a little different because the two semifinal games were finally close. Up until this point, college football playoff had not delivered too many exciting college football semifinals. But and the then, championship and was the championship. Close. And so that's why I said I could just I could read the tea leaves. It's gonna get flipped. That's why I said lay those points, lay those points. By the way, and y- took Georgia. You think those Michigan guys were thinking it's probably best we threw two pick sixes and blew two goal line opportunities to score? Oh, yeah, it's maddening to you them. Think they're probably thinking- yeah, it's maddening to them. That's why if you go to, to Leon's theory, you know, Ohio State could they have provided a better championship game against Georgia? Well, hell yeah, because they played them better in the semifinal, and that was all seeding. That's all that was, was just to avoid Ohio State-Michigan back-to-back times. You saw them, they were playing each other on the field. Or By the way, and that was Georgia with its quarterback playing poorly for three and a half quarters. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing with the playoff. Yeah. You get a quarterback who all of a sudden doesn't play well for three and a half quarters, and then you get a guy that hits a 50-yard field goal, you're out. Yeah, I hope upsets come. I hope upsets come with it, but it's – Still going to be a, a, an unlevel play. What is that crazy stat, Matt, that if you take the BCS formula 
and use it for all of the years that we've had the college football player, same one, you would still time. have the exact, exact same, same title exact, and the exact same Well, winner. that's what the – it's called the BCS know-how. It's on Twitter. That's what they say. I believe I it. I mean, I don't – It's uh, on Twitter. Is it, right. I believe it. It could also be just because they want to, you know, pump up the BCS double. Yeah, every single year – the BCS would have given the same matchups in the, mm-hmm. in the four teams. I just want to know, since Matt referenced Iowa, does that mean the text line has to drink too? I don't. I don't know how the real the it's rules you. work. It's just you. It's and just me. Iowa. Okay, yeah. I didn't know how that yeah. works. Um, might, might have been a reference from him to you, so that still could count maybe as a there it side is. shot. I just want to make sure we had the rules out there in the yeah. open, since some folks were asking yesterday. Um, I do want to go back to Liam Cohen though, because. By the offensive coordinator leaving Los Angeles and leaving the Rams, there's still rumors swirling about mm-hmm. about Sean McVay stepping down. We heard from a lot of GMs, a lot of head coaches across the National Football League today. And so before we dive headfirst into the Jags, of course, Coach Campo coming up in the 2 o'clock hour, and we'll break down Jags and Chargers. I do want to take a look around the league. Chris Ballard out of Indianapolis, mm-hmm. AFC South foe of your Jacksonville Jaguars, had some interesting comments. So between him, McVay, what's going on well, with the number one overall pick in Chicago, I think we've got a lot to discuss coming up yeah, in the 1 o'clock hour. Yeah, you figure Liam Cohen was with the Rams the three years before he went to Kentucky. And he was an assistant quarterbacks coach, wide receivers assistant, then offensive coordinator this year. It went woefully bad. I don't know if it was because of him. No. It was because of Matt Stafford injuries. And, and all the other injuries that they had to endure and saying goodbye to Whitworth because that offensive line was not very good. Cam Akers basically asking out, and then he came back and ended up being a, a nice little force Sean at the McVay end. forced him yeah. to keep playing. Yeah. yeah, Baker from Tuesday to a Thursday uh, you know, gets six plays and goes out and wins a game. And so it was weird the way it went. But, yeah, Liam Cohen is at least highly regarded. And pairing him up with Devin Leary definitely will make Kentucky, quote, excuse me, the program, uh, a force this year, that's for sure. Now, yeah, you mentioned man, three of five. Yeah, you mentioned Ballard, and it, like Frank Reich is interviewing. Maybe you ought to start worrying about beating Kentucky first before you start worrying about beating Georgia, okay? Well, I think that's that's fair to say. It's a, it's a stepladder process, okay? Florida can't beat anybody <laughs> right now uh, inside the SEC that, that uh, they know, and that includes Vandy, by the way, uh, because they didn't beat them. And so, yeah, you, it, it's, a, it's a step-by-step process for Florida to get back to this bad boy. So we'll dive into the National Football League. We'll get to your Jags. And, of course, you can hit us up at 1010XL on Twitter with our Twitter poll question of the day brought to you by the good folks over at Beaver Toyota. Make sure you vote. Has Kirby dethroned Nick Saban? That and a whole lot more coming up next on XL Primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. One o'clock hour is here. It's XL Primetime, Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota Tuesday. Having a good time. A uh, little cool weather, sunshine out there. Joe C, MOB, Mio O'Brien, Matty Hayes. Check out all that stuff that he's got cooking at SaturdayDownSouth.com. Big Surce, uh, they are still talking about the hype video from Big Surce uh, from Saturday night, which I love. Uh, and I, I feel like like we have to continue the college conversation, but we got to talk a little Jaguar football. I'm getting clobbered on the text line. Uh, because uh, they think that Joe Joe the Gator isn't happy that the Georgia Bulldogs won. I, I I think everybody that listens to this show knows I recognize what what is good and I say it, and I recognize what is bad and I say it. And right now, Billy Napier, the coach of the Florida Gators, is bad. Okay, he needs to prove that he can do something good. Uh, and like we just left off at the t- uh, bottom of the of the uh, noon hour, if he can't beat Vandy and he can't beat Kentucky. How does he think he's going to beat Georgia? Uh, and then to Matt's point with FSU, FSU is just now getting to where they need to be. Miami, Leon, 
you know Mario's got to get to a point where he can prove that he can get back. Because these are, these are all the neighbors of the Georgia Bulldogs that are all sitting there asking the same question. How are we going to attack that? And until these teams play better, he's going to travel to the Valley of the Sun, yeah. which is Florida, and he's going to scoop up players that would essentially go to Florida, Miami, and Florida State. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what IMG stands for, but I'm pretty sure the G stands for Georgia. Okay, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Uh, and so that's basically what's <clears throat> going on down there. I'm moving to Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's mm-hmm. perfect. I mean, that's perfect. That's exactly what it is. And so, yeah, he's, he's, he's corralled. Well, to be fair, you are orange and blue, Joe, yeah. to be fair. No, I, I think anybody out there that listens pretty much knows. Uh, I, I don't fall in that camp with a lot of the other ones. I think you, I just, you know that. I just, Amen. Yeah. I yeah. just love the fact that we spent this whole hour talking about the national title game, and yeah. obviously it's a 50-point whopper. Yeah. So you're not going to talk about TCU. But, Matt, I know obviously you have a relationship with Sonny Dykes, and so I do want to just take a second. I understand the text line says the Big 12 should never be involved in the college football playoff again, X, Y, Z. But I do, I do want to give a moment for Sonny Dykes and also the Hypnotoad, RIP, October 22nd, 2022 to January 9th, 2023. If mm. you have seen on Twitter the Crazy yeah. Frog videos, I yeah. did love them so much. And also I do love what Sonny Dykes did in Fort Worth in his oh, first year. Yeah. So yeah, this class, I got a great anecdote for you. I can't tell you who, which coach texted me. but So it was late in the game when Stetson hit that throw to McConkey for a second touchdown. Mm-hmm. I think it made it like 50-something, 50, 50 seven. Stetson and they to went McConkey to, is like and they the went to, quintessential walk-on, just unbelievable. They're going to win and every they, member yeah, guest at Sea yeah, Isle for yeah. the next 50 years. Continue, they showed Matt. Sonny Dykes, and he goes, wow. <laughs> and literally within 30 seconds, I had an SEC, SEC coach text me and say, welcome to our world, Sonny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, that's, I mean, that's. That, all of us were saying that watching that. It was just yeah. ridiculous what was going on. Yeah. And, and by the way, I don't know what the exact number is. Uh, Mike Greenberg uh, on Get Up this morning threw it out there. Of all the bowls that have ever been played, you know, something in that neighborhood, you know, that, that category of all the bowls that have ever been played, this was the largest margin of victory. Ever. And it came in a national championship. And that's why I fight this whole thing. Like, how convince me how it's going to get better. Yeah, that that, that game's is an the biggest margin it's an outlier. in the biggest game. My that's favorite an outlier, part about man. last night was when we all were immediately after, like, the first – Five minutes of the game, and our group texts were like, this is a wrap. Like, Leon did the throw in the towel meme. And then we get Mia, always the optimist, being yeah. like, well, I mean, TCU, they're driving. And I was the like, frogs they did. had some bounce they, in yeah, them. Yeah, that's what yeah. you said. That, they, one they wide open guy, hey. that one wide open guy early, I'm like, oh, oh hey, here we go. <laughs> Wait, yeah. They had 188 total yards. That yeah. move that he made. <laughs> you got to admit, that yeah. move that he made on the go route yeah. on that one long pat, like the nice little, like, whoop, little yeah. swerp, like circle move. There like, was a time. Yeah, if your offensive line's panel. getting crushed and you yeah. can't even get the ball off, that's a problem. There was a time in Jaguar football, which thankfully we are not there now because this team's in the playoffs, but there was a time <laughs> where we would, we would remember singular moments right but he was open not in games in seasons okay in seasons we had singular moments remember that one throw that Blaine Gabbert made you know blah 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 and so yeah thankfully we're not there so so listen honestly let's be fair about this Clemson Alabama those two games were gigantically good yeah Yeah. in in the national championship game okay so there's been good games we've seen good games LSU Clemson was a great game for three and a half quarters we've seen good games so I don't know if I would go completely overboard Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, Oregon. You can go back and you so can think of. So yeah. I wouldn't say I would think this was the outlier this game. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's we are creatures of the moment, and prisoners of the moment, but. and it's easy to say 
this is what the playoffs are going to look like, but I think you got to look history a little bit. But to the very simple point, and this is what we're talking about, neighbors around Athens are all asking the same question. How are we going to get to, you know. No, I agree with that. Right? But most of these great games that we're talking about included at least one team from the South, and then sometimes one team from outside just gets their butts handed to them. Uh, And that was butt bad from, from the Big 12. And so the committee is going to be looking around, which is what you brought up before, Matt. You said, hey, if the group of five gets in there and gets embarrassed, they won't be invited back. Uh, you can't uninvite a Power Five conference. But the Big 12, that was their showcase moment, and they didn't show. I guess the, the dangerous part of this is because it's a committee and it's the human condition that – this idea of what the Big 12 is, whether it's fair or not, right. and I don't think it's fair, but fair or not, that's the idea now, okay? You know, by the way, two of those teams that didn't even win that conference are going to the SEC, and then suddenly they'll be great because they're in the SEC. <laughs> yeah. That's another story for another day. But but the but the playoff committee, whether it's fair or not, will think, I mean, do we really want to rank them that high? You know, do we really want to put that second Big 12 team in or that third Big 12 team in in the field of 16 or the field of 12, whatever it is? Mm-hmm. Because we've seen what happens in those games. Especially after they got shamed by that guy online. Yeah. Which is just, I mean, we got it. I mean, we have to play can, we, can we play this right now? So this it, is just some random dude. It's a little long, so just tell me this whenever is, to stop. This is just some random guy who was very upset the fact that it was 65 to 7 yesterday. Yeah, yeah. College football playoff committee, congratulations. You need to pat yourself on the back because you have screwed every college football fan in this country tonight. That's what you have done. You have done that. Look at this right here, 45 to 7. What, 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 what is this? What is this? <laughs> what have you given us? This is a national championship game. That's what this is. It is 45 to 7. You thought TCU belonged in this game? What was the qualifications, College Football Playoff Committee? What was their qualifications? Getting beat by Kansas State. That qualifies you for this game. The biggest game of the year. The game that every college football fan, no matter what team they pull for, looked forward to. And this is the garbage that you gave us. Pathetic. You are pathetic. They, uh, this is a they, uh, it's they, like a heightened version of Mike Gunny. I'm a man on 40, right? Seconds. Well, they, geo, they geofenced the IP address. <laughs> and what's that Smith's grocery store right there in Tuscaloosa downtown? I mean, they, they geofenced it, and, and, and they, they're pretty sure that's where it was. He actually it was, has, he has a Mississippi State hat on. He's got a Mississippi State hat on. <laughs> Checks out. I'm a man. I, I'm 40. Yeah. And that was just, you know, that was a disguise. That was a clever disguise, okay? Uh, but the thing is, like, didn't, like, Leon, could you hear your dad yelling at you for something right then? I mean, that guy, he just scared me just a little bit and made me laugh just a little bit because I could hear my dad. Well, I felt this frustration. So I was just not as vocal last night. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying to myself, what what – what is he giving me? I mean, you're in the national championship game. It should be a lot more competitive than the first five minutes. How long did minutes. you guys watch? I watched the whole thing. Whoa! Um, yeah, I did not. I, I watched the whole thing. Now, I left my friend's house to. at 10 o'clock, yeah. and then I uh, drove home, so I wasn't watching it or listening to it, and then I just had it on in the background. Because I wanted the Stetson postgame. Well, That's uh, all I wanted. I just watched it and watched it and watched it. There might have been numbers that I might have been fiddling with, mm. uh, you know, first half, second half. I, I tweeted mm. out. I was on Peacock watching. Everybody was <laughs> right. That was my Raymond. favorite. And, and JJ was watching The Young and the Restless. Yes, yeah, so I let my girl put her show back on. And so I, wow. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know which site this was. I can't recall. Um, 
they didn't even have a second half bet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I love that. They didn't even have what a second would you have? half <laughs> bet. They basically just said, no. Well, you could have well, bet how well, many points TCU are they going to put up. The 50 again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. how yeah, many they, points they, are they going to put up. They could have propped up something like that, but they did not put out a second half bet. And it was just like, oh, my gosh, that is just – it's just, it's the worst. And we're talking about a showcase game. Now, just a reminder, we had two semifinal games on New Year's Eve, and everyone was worried about it being on New Year's Eve, and nah, they're not going to get that many eyeballs on it. Over 20 million people watched each one of those games. And then they probably all tuned in last night hoping for some of the same, and they didn't get it. Well, my ESPN employee brother is livid. Yeah. Because based on the ratings, they get, like, their Christmas bonuses. Oh, yeah. wow. And he's like, we got screwed. He's like, I'm praying <laughs> for game seven in the NBA finals this year. <laughs> uh-huh. I mean, we all should have seen it, honestly. I mean, that's why well, you're the one who picked I know. I know. I, 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 no, no, I picked I him to cover. I picked him to cover. cover. I called the dog. So, I, 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 so what I said yesterday, you know why I felt bad? Because I kept thinking, all right, well, they got two pick sixes against Michigan. Michigan blown it twice inside the two to score. That's 28 points, man. Yeah. 28 points in that game. We all should have seen this, but we were also caught up in the idea of, ooh, yeah. ooh maybe there's a game. Maybe yeah. this is underdog. No, I, I, I immediately said. The underdog in the NCAA tournament is way different than the underdog in the yeah. college football yeah. playoff. I immediately said one team felt like they won a Unless championship. Unless your name is Stetson Bennett. That, then it doesn't matter. One team felt like they won the championship in a semifinal game, which, of right. course, you can't. And the other team said, uh, we got life and we got work to do. And that's basically what Kirby did. I, I, that's why I had no problem laying those points. Like his, pre, his pregame little ten words that he said to the sideline reporter, I, I almost like shivered a little bit. We're going to hunt. He said it. Yeah. So oh just the God. way he said it. Do you, have the, do you have the one? We're going to be aggressive. Do you have the one, JJ, where, you know, eating scraps off the floor? we got to find that one uh, because that one is just Was a, that post-game? Yeah, it's post-game. I'll find it. Yeah, and he's just – Pre-game's the best. I mean, seriously, pre-game, I heard that and I said, they're dead. Yeah. They're mm. dead. And he is one of those guys – And we asked the question earlier, does it translate to the National Football League? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, you basically feel like that's a, that's a college way of coaching – but it dang sure works with a college kid. No doubt about that. Yeah, I mean, most of the time you you hear the uh, coach go off like that. Now, the professional ranks is usually a player, depending on what kind of player he is. He's a very vocal player. He'll get in the locker room. He'll get the rant and the rave and, he, and, and throwing the F-bombs and all that kind of stuff. And depending on his stature and, and how he plays, you mm-hmm. listen. Mm-hmm. You know, if he's a guy that ain't making no plays, we're like, man, this, this is going on the field. I don't hear all that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just I'm just telling you that how reactionary we are in the locker yeah. room. Depends on who you are. Yeah, and 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 they the mo- motivation can come in a lot of different forms. Yes, it yes. really can. It can come quietly. It can come with a, you know over the top, over the top of the ropes. But you got to figure out how to push buttons, especially for professionals, which I think we have seen uh, last year versus this year. Does Doug Peterson do a lot of yelling and screaming? I I don't think so i don't know when it, when whenever he feels the time is right he will and then therefore it speaks volumes yeah exactly exactly and so he has been measured basically with everything he's done and he has obviously put some results together that this that this town's pretty proud of right now not sure the same can be said for the boys out in indianapolis uh where again they had jeff saturday as yeah. their their interim head coach oh and by the way he is one of the candidates for the full-time job next year according to chris ballard the gm who is Currently meeting with reporters, actually just wrapped it up, Mm -hmm. um, to which he opened up his presser with, I failed. I failed a lot of people. The criticism, it is warranted. The criticism about the job I've done, it is warranted. Again, this man is expected to be back, retained as the Indianapolis Colts GM, to which he says that if he has to take all of heaven and earth to move up to get a quarterback he wants, 
He says he will do so as well. He sounds like he's begging just a little bit for his job out in public. That is interesting. All right, so we'll at least chase a few of those coaching rumors coming up here in just a second and get to you, Jags. The line movement between them and L.A., that's all ahead right here on XL Primetime. We saved you a seat. It's Lunch with Leon on 1010XL. Brought to you by Wingstop. 23 minutes past the 1 o'clock hour on a Tuesday edition of XL Primetime. Me, O'Brien, Joe C., Matt Hayes, Leon Cersei, and J.J. LaSelva. We appreciate the spirited discussion from both dogs and non-dog fans alike on the text line brought to you by Lifetime Enclosures. We are going to make a pivot, though, to the National Football League. Your Jacksonville Jaguars on the practice field as we speak for their first official practice of the week ahead of Saturday's primetime opening round of the playoffs game against the Los Angeles Chargers, which before we go any further, guys, I do want to touch upon the ticket sales situation mm-hmm. that's currently going on. A um, lot of tickets are still available on secondary market for the playoff game. Again, 70,000, 50 fans packed the bank this past Saturday for what was a de facto playoff game. It was a playoff game. Are you guys not feeling it? Like, what Like what are we doing? But, Joe, Joe you did a great job just now explaining it to us off the air of, mm-hmm why the price is more than you may be accustomed to. So it's it's the, the way you would expect is your normal ticket guy is going to take care of you and give you the same price that you had if you're a season ticket holder. And that's why they sent that notice out uh, before they got to this last regular season game is because the NFL controls playoff ticket sales and rev, uh, which, you know, you think, hey, we made it to the playoffs. We're going to rake in some, some dough. Well, that's, that's the big machine, the National Football League. And so these ticket prices – and I don't know if I could put an exact percentage on it, but we're talking about at least double in price, okay? At least double in price. And so you'll still probably be working through your same ticket people, but that money is basically handled by the NFL. Now, I'm looking at a few of these wild card game tickets right now. If you're in the upper deck, you're you know, like someone hit us on the text line and tell us what an upper deck ticket price was this year if you sat up there. If you were in section – like I'm looking at section 442 right now. It's 167 bucks, 167 bucks, and they're just going to go up. That's the one at the bottom, okay? Uh, and when I say the bottom, meaning the bottom low, low, no lower price, but that's at the top of the stadium, okay? So you're looking at 160 some and some change, and then it just keeps going up. And these are all still Damn. in the 400 section. You're going to pay 180. If you sat in the 400 section, you're probably paying like 30, 40 bucks a ticket. Yeah, I, I think it was around 45 to 60. But you know, someone can hit us and let us know. Um, but now you're looking at section 414, 190 bucks. Anyway, there's a lot of tickets out there right now in the aftermarket, and people are trying to figure out whether they're going to sell them. You know how it's going to go, but it's well, the NFL's doll. You know now this playoff time, even the legends got to play for their tickets. Super. <laughs> That's shameful. Yeah, you, know, you know, I got a memo says, "Hey, you know, don't legends, forget to buy our don't tickets." To buy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Damn, that's what happens, bro. Well, maybe it's the uh, temperatures that maybe are deterring people. It shouldn't, folks. You can bundle up. There is a thing called layers and jackets and sweatpants and the like. Right, so uh, it is wait. expected to be about 34 degrees during the game on you Saturday. You a hype video for them? They want you, want you to buy tickets. That's so savage, man. <laughs> Listen, if, no. I, if I wanted to, I could get to. Right. But I don't want to exclude my brethren. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not a selfish individual. Section can... 102, which is down near the goal line, 344. And then there's some other ones that are in that 500 dollar range. 
mm. 440 row D, $52 last week. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and look, okay. I, and I, see, I see those of you on the text line complaining about the fees. Like, there, there's nothing you can do. Like, I apologize, but, like, that's it's the nature of the beast. It's like 60 bucks on top of your yeah. ticket. Right. Yeah, like, whatever. Fee, they just yeah. make it up. Like, it's, that's a transaction fee. The computer right. did it, yeah. but we're charging you 60 Hey, it's the price of being a winner. Yeah, exactly. And, I, and, I would I would take this more than another three and thirteen or one and fifteen yeah. seasons. I take this all day. And that's what they wanted. And and look, we we know if you look around the price of the reason why a lot of people come from out of town to take in this game is because hey, you get to come to the beaches, you get to come play some championship level golf courses, you get great weather, and then you also get that ticket price. And Mark Lamping, I've always applauded what Mark Lamping has done in his time here, is he has made it as affordable as you possibly make it for a town that doesn't necessarily have all these Fortune 500 companies buying up suites and all that. He made it affordable. That's why they got creative with the cabanas and the pools and the sideline seating and everything else, uh, the terrace and so on, so they could make sure that that lower-level ticket price for the upper deck was affordable for Joe and Jayville to go out and buy them. And so I always applaud him for that. But when you get to this time, you want that winner – those ticket prices are going to go up. So, folks, go out, buy your tickets. This is why credit cards were invented. Mm-hmm. You love your Jaguars. <laughs> this is the reason. Yeah. This is the moment. You never know. As much as we keep saying that this is this feels different than 2017, it's not a flash in the pan. Yolo. Mm-hmm. Did you just say this is why credit cards? Yes, were I did. That's a, it's a female well, right there. She knows what she knows. What I she's always talking pay about. my credit card bill off, but if you need to defer, defer. Listen, it's okay. My wait, dad's wait an minute. accountant. He's probably uh, grinding yeah. his teeth right now. Listening, yeah, but he that's probably okay. Just threw his radio against the wall. Like, yeah, wait it's a all right. I can't pay my Mastercard off with my Visa. What? 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 Mm. Come on. It happens. It happens. All yeah. right, real quick before we send Leon off, I want to get your take, Leon. Um, we'll run through the Chris Ballard quotes. I mean, I think it's safe to say. Indianapolis doesn't really know what they're doing right now. Um, So let's go to a team that now all the chips are in their lap, that being the Chicago Bears, who now are in the same position the Jacksonville Jaguars were in the past two years with the number one overall pick. They have Justin Fields, who they drafted two years ago. When asked about it, Bears general manager Ryan Poles said he plans on Fields being the starter next season. He said that, quote, he has to be absolutely blown away to take a quarterback at number one overall. Leon, is this just smoke? Or are the rumors of possibly trading fields and drafting Bryce Young well, reality? This is when it starts. I mean, I, all the teams right now that are in position that need quarterbacks, uh, they, this this is when the chess moves them. This is when leaks are, are sent out by the, 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 the different media outlets within that, that city. Uh, we want this guy. We want that guy. We're willing to trade this guy. So, I mean, they're all maneuvering. They're all throwing smoke screens, uh, smoke snick signals. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one, this is when it starts. So you don't want to show your hands like poker. You don't want to show your hand. Don't want to show your face until until the draft gets closer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then you know this. That's when moves be. In Chicago, are, are they? Would you take Bryce? For me personally, yeah. I would take Bryce Young over Justin Fields right now today. I would trade. I would. He's better. I've seen I, enough I, from him in college. I, I haven't seen enough from Justin Fields. I've seen him run a lot. Yeah, he has. He has. And it, 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 we know. We who's, know the more that, polished, who's the more polished quarterback, Matt? Uh, I mean, young, but Fields is pretty polished in college. Yeah. He's also just in a, in a bad situation yeah. right now, and, too. And so yeah. he's running I, for his life. I'm with you. So I would, I'm bright. with you. I would take young, but it would be very hard for me to, to give up on Fields right now. Yeah. yeah. 
And he's running for his life because of how bad that line has been, mm-hmm. and there really isn't a lot around him. He doesn't have necessarily a dynamic receiver either that he can get the ball off to. You know, okay, he can get so. it to Komet here and there uh, from time to time. Definitely got some decent guys in the backfield, but but he, but you're right. It's not sustainable. You were going to get, yeah, your, well, you get beat you, up. I mean, listen, okay, if you, let's say you stay with Justin Fields and your, your eyes on Will Anderson. You're not going to – you may take him at one, or you may not. May, you pr- you probably could still get him at three, maybe, mm-hmm. yeah. or four. Mm-hmm. So then those teams behind you may be willing to trade up, take exactly. your one, give you more picks or whatever. You still get your guys. That's what you're so hoping maybe, for. That's what you're hoping for. I would be real hesitant in going and getting what is considered a smaller human being in Bryce Young. Mm-hmm. A more accurate passer, maybe, maybe, but a guy that still would Definitely struggle. more accurate passer. He would struggle to see all – angles on the field, you know, with a bunch of Same big surces in front of him. Same size as Drew Brees. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, but, but this is what I always say. You know, rare is rare, and that's a special cat. No doubt. You, you know, and just no be, doubt. You know, just, like, same thing height-wise. There are only two of them that have been able to do what Drew Brees has done, <laughs> him and Russ. There are very, very few other guys that have been able to do that. Well, there's also – remember, there's never been a quarterback 6'6 six, six or tall that's ever been successful in the NFL, too. Right. Yeah. The guy here looks like he's going to be pretty yeah. successful. Yeah, he looks good. And here's what I'm discouraged with about uh, what happened last week. Lovey Smith was ultimately fired for winning the football game. Bro. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, well, and he the, was going to be fired regardless. Well, I mean, happened. but Maybe. but he losing the football game, and then the way the the, the Titans, I mean, the Texans are or going about their business. All right, it, you have Romeo Cornell as the, your intern. <laughs> you got rid of him. You bring in Cully, who yeah. was a bridge. You bring in Lovey, who was a bridge. Right. Three African American coaches that had no chance. It had to no had had absolute. There was no absolutely no future for any of them. They would just use as bridges to ultimately get who they were going to get, whoever they signed. I just think that's deplorable. Yeah, I do. I, and I think Lovey well, Smith has I mean, been a good coach for if, a long time. What if long they time. sign it? What if they hire an African African American coach? The likelihood again? of that happening is probably is probably zero. They had three right in front of them. I mean, you 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 you're talking about Romeo, who's got all the credentials. David Culler, who's been in the league for a while, and then, and, and then Lovey Smith. I mean, you're talking about over 50 years of experience in football coaching. If you were going to hire him long term, they would have been hired long term. What if they go hire D'Amico Ryans? Apparently, D'Amico Ryan said he doesn't want to play. He doesn't want to coach for the Texans. Mind yeah, you, that's one of their greatest players. He doesn't want to coach the Texans. Yeah, did you see that report over yeah. the weekend? No, I did not. Yeah. Former Texans player. Yeah, he is a good, mm-hmm. good player. It's a former Texans player. Yeah, so that's damning yeah. to the Texans. It really is. It is damning to the Texans. And, and it goes to you know Leon's point. I'm just sitting here thinking, and, and I said it yesterday. I just don't understand, you know, how you 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 basically are taking a job and you know it's a dead end situation just to have the opportunity to try and change your own fortunes, but the powers that be are just not going to let that happen. And so they have screwed around and screwed up a lot down there to where they don't have uh, a guy that they believe in going forward. Is Lovey Smith a good coach? I'm pretty sure he is. He coached the team to a Super Bowl and kept that mm-hmm. team competitive down the stretch when they didn't have a whole hell of a lot. And yet – Oh, I agree. I, I'm not def- – it's, it's, it's horrific what the NFL's done as far as yeah. the way they hire minority coaches. I'm not defending that. All I'm saying is – it's also part of his also, man, it's a brutal business. Yeah. yeah. Nate Hackett didn't even get a full season. Mm. So, I mean, it's it doesn't matter, man. Yeah. They they these guys want guys that can win. Yeah. And they That's fired it. they fired a smaller contract when they got rid of And they Nate want Hackett. offensive guys. Yes. Right. Did you yes. see the Panthers? Almost every single coach that they've requested permission to speak with is an OC. Yeah, Frank Reich that being tells one you, of them. That tells you where their head's at yeah. in Carolina. Well, right. I mean, Eric Bieniemy could be one of them. That's for sure. They are a Mike, He's an offense guy. That's true. 
Mike Kafka they've requested. They requested um, Johnson, the offense coordinator in Detroit. Mm-hmm. If nothing else, Pep I'm gonna, Hamilton could be one. He's an offense Pep guy. Pep absolutely could be. Yeah, I, they, Pep was the, the was my. They were one. the one talking about. It. They Pep were was who I was holding anyway. out hope for. As yeah. the Texans are forced to convert on fourth down on Sunday, I'm like, at least there's Pep. Yeah. Pep can can make this work. They knew they were going to run him out too. Unfortunately, all right. Now this is off the text line uh, with the Go Jags at the end of it, but the ticket prices 167 before fees, close to 200 dollars all in upper. Uh, by the way, when the Jags were three and seven, they had a blood drive at TIA. Uh, and they gave you a free ticket for the Tennessee game with the option to buy an extra one for twenty five bucks. Upper deck, section four fifteen, best blood donation I ever gave. So I do applaud them for making sure then at the time when they could that they were giving Jaguar fans a chance to donate and give blood and get a ticket out of it. So you truly did, you Jaguar fan. You gave your blood. Uh, for that ticket, which is pretty awesome. All right, Big Search, enjoy the rest of the afternoon. I will. I will. Hey, listen, and if you're a Jaguar fan, you're not able to go to the game, then you know what the big fella's going to do? I'm going to I'm gonna do a watch party. Mm. Nice. Trying to figure out who and where and when. Okay. But when I do it, come come watch with the big fella. All right. I, I like that. that. I like that. All right, All right. Leon's house. Yeah. yeah. Not my yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> it's we'll XL, all be there. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. A little bit of Justin Field, Chicago Bears talk, so let's pivot back to the AFC South now. Here are some of those quotes from Colts general manager Chris Ballard's season-ending press conference. Again, in case you're just joining us, uh, he confirmed that Jeff Saturday is a candidate for the full-time head coaching job in Indianapolis. Chris Ballard earlier today, quote, We live in an NFL world where failure is not allowed. When you fail in this world, you get canceled and everybody wants your head, and rightfully so in some cases. But if you're able to go through it and learn from it, you can reach your greatest heights. Print the shirts. Mm -hmm. I like it. The criticism, it's warranted. The criticism about the job I've done, it's warranted. He went on to say that he believes that they, for whatever the reason in in Indianapolis, lost momentum at some point. Throughout the course of the season, he was then asked if there is a quarterback at the top of the draft that they want, would he give up heaven and earth to trade up and go get him? To which Ballard said, yes, I would do whatever it takes. Yeah, he does sound desperate, and that's uh, because he is fighting for his job, and I totally get that part of it. And you usually don't get that guy out there with a microphone in front of him saying some of those types of things. It's it's just so strange what's up there, and this kind of comes from the top down. Whenever we say Jim Irsay, we usually follow that with a strange uh, in a sentence. He's strange. Uh, and so the way he went about naming Jeff Saturday the coach and just said he's basically tearing up uh, you know anyone else's idea of how you should go about it, he just said, screw it, I'm going in this direction. We all know that it, it didn't necessarily work. They played hard at times, but who knows whether or not they had the organizational structure that they needed uh, in the second half of the season. But that team, collectively, Ballard, Wright, Ursay, I don't care who you're talking about, it unraveled in such a big way up there. And that's why Jacksonville has got to be stoked about the idea of taking over the AFC South, seriously, with all the changes that, that, that will or have already taken place. So he's talking about doing whatever it takes. If you, if, you, if you have the quarterback you want, you do whatever it takes. You move heaven and hell for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're the Bears, do you take their first rounder and take, uh, I don't know, Jack Leonard and Quentin Nelson? Yeah, maybe move a couple of guys that you yeah. think. And, 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 you know, Leonard, for, for what it's worth, the, the injuries have really gotten a hold of him. Uh, Shaq Leonard was, he was as dynamic a linebacker 
as there was, you know, the artist formerly named Darius was dangerous in a Colts uniform for a long time. And then basically he's gone two off seasons dealing with the ankle. And then what else was it uh, where he ended up having, I can't remember if it was the shoulder or not, but anyway, ends up not being the same guy. So right. he might be damaged goods, but also you still might okay. be able to. Okay, or, or do you take Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly? Yeah, you and still they're, might be and able to. And they're first and they're second. Yeah, so yeah. You can have the first. Mm-hmm. You still might be able to move him. You still might be able to move two quality Quentin. offensive linemen. You still get their first-round pick. Mm-hmm. You get their second-round pick. Yeah. They were gonna, if they gave up that kind of ransom, I'd do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I want to I want to go to another team in the AFC South, mm-hmm. the one that was just here in Jacksonville yeah. on Saturday. We touched on the Texans a little bit last segment, so let's round out the whole division. Um, when I mentioned to Matt during our pre-show meeting the mere notion of trading Justin Fields, what team did you say, Matt, should trade for Justin Fields? If he truly is on the trading block, and as Leon alluded to, this isn't all well, just smoke. What I said was, I think if I'm the Titans, because – Jeffrey Simmons wants a big deal. So if I'm the Titans, I say, I'll give you Jeffrey Simmons in our 10. You give me, you give me fields. Mm-hmm. And, you know. Well, you're moving a big time. A great, a great player. Central no figure in your defense. But you've got cap problems, number one. And number yeah. two, he wants a lot of money. Yeah. And oh, yeah. You, and you need a quarterback. Yeah, that's when you always have to figure out. Uh, is it worth it to keep him, or are you better off parting ways and getting something for him? And, and uh, the, the signability of a guy is real. It, it, it's not easy sometimes, especially if you do have a guy that's got a number in, in, in his head and he's not going to let go of it. Then it, it is tough. Well, who wants up in that spot, you think? Colts, definitely. Panthers, let's, let's definitely. Let's pull up the old tankathon, right? too. Colts, Panthers, well, Saints. Uh, you know, I'm going to say yes and no because I just I need to figure out whether or not a C.J. Stroud or a Bryce Young is the absolute, I've got to get my hands on that quarterback. I know it's a quarterback league. I know if you don't have one, you don't have a lot. But will you get out of either one of those guys? Or let's put Will Levis up there, too. I, I need to add him to the list because uh, he, he's certainly capable. Of being and a, some would argue Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Uh, he's still among uh, either Kuypers or McShay's uh, top five quarterback list that they popped up there on the screen last night. Amusing, to say the least. And they said – I think it was That's Her- in blue Herbie or talking, Fowler or whomever said, you know, I won't be surprised if all of these go in the first round. And He's definitely going in the first 20. Yeah, I'm telling you, he is. I, I, believe me, I'm not arguing. I'm not arguing. It's just it's a mystery to me that that guy, that guy is an enigma. That's what he is. And hopefully uh, he'll turn into something more than that. But right now he's in a little bit of. You know, kind of fool's gold right now. He looks like he's got all I, that I shiny stuff going. I don't see how you could see it any other way, actually. Yeah, yeah. But there are GMs and coaches and coaching staffs, and after 2 o'clock, Dave Campbell's going to come on. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you the same thing. Yeah. That think, oh, we can fix him. Oh, yeah, of course. Everybody always thinks, oh, we can fix him. And if you are making a decision, would you rather make a decision on a 5'10 slash 5'11 guy or a 6'5, 235-pound Who guy runs a 4 4 that, that can run like the wind. And so that's going to be the decision. They're going to say, can I get everything out of that body type versus a Bryce Young? So here mm-hmm. is the official 2023 NFL draft order. The first 18 picks, since mm-hmm. the remaining picks have not been decided because those yeah. teams are in the playoffs. And your Jaguars are in that category. Isn't that fun? The Bears at one. Texans, Cardinals, Colts. Yes, two mm-hmm. AFC South teams picking yeah. in the top four. None of them named Jacksonville. Seattle with Denver's pick. The Lions, with the sixth pick, courtesy of the Rams, I put a, stick a pen in that because I want to go back to that. The Raiders at seven, we know that there's issues out there in the desert. Mm-hmm. The Falcons at eight, the Panthers at nine, the Eagles, courtesy of the Saints at 10, Tennessee at 11, 
the Texans again, courtesy of the Browns pick for Deshaun Watson. Then the Jets, New England, Green Bay, Washington, Pittsburgh, Detroit. I stuck a pin in Detroit because they have two picks in the first 18. Jared Goff played admirably this year. He lit it up on Sunday Night Football this past weekend. Great to see. Is he the long-term plan? Well, he's made a lot of people think about him in a long-term way, whereas they weren't before. And Jared Goff and uh, who's the offensive coordinator that's getting some, ben Johnson. Some, some love? Johnson. That dude has resurrected Jared Goff. Yeah, but they, they, they can't get up. They, they used the pick last year to, get, to go up for J, uh, James They got two first-rounders. Yeah, but they got the, you know, from they the Rams. They got six and oh, right, from the Rams, right. Right, right. right. And so, honestly, yeah. they yeah. have they've made they've they made chicken salad. They have six and 18. They've made some chicken salad the Rams. with Jared Goff. Honestly. Yeah, well, That's why, if I'm Sean McVay, I just say I'm getting – I'm getting. I'm heading out, man. That's good. that. That team's gonna put a headset oh, on, God. and uh, I may not have as many. Uh, I have a feeling Jalen will have back problems next year. I just have yeah. a weird, strange feeling. Where, where, is, he gonna 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 go where is he going to want to move to? Where is he going to want to move to? Back to Nashville. That would be hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, the other team too that I think is fascinating in that same regards is the Seattle Seahawks because Geno Smith had a reclamation year. He's headed to the postseason, but is he the long term solution in Seattle? If I'm betting, I probably would feel better about the situation that Jared Goff has in Detroit going right now than Geno. Geno just tailed off a little bit in the second half of the season. Had such a great start. It was so fun to watch him do do what he was doing. And everyone's just looking around like, what? And then he just kind of tailed off. Not the same guy. Now, uh, who do they have that got hurt at the end? Lockett got hurt. Uh, But anyway, it just wasn't the same product. Plus, Jimmy G will be out there. Mm -hmm. He will definitely be out there. Yeah. And Derek Carr. Yeah. And in Derek theory, and you would you would assume that uh, if he is guaranteed forty million dollars three days after the Super Bowl, that that decision will be made sooner than. So later. if you're close, if you're like the Saints and you're close, do you go after Jimmy G mm-hmm. instead of like trying to move up and, and mortgage the future and try and get Bryce Young? Maybe I, I don't think it's a bad idea at all. They played their tails off defensively. They're close, and they're and they very had, close. They, they had, don't have a first round pick though because they traded yeah. it. Uh, oh. Wait for it. Oh, that was the Eagles? For, for Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Oh, right, right, okay, right. yeah, that was okay. Which so. obviously has paid out for the Eagles because he leads the league in interceptions and he hasn't even played a full season. Yeah. So it worked out for the Eagles. But yeah, I, I kind of laugh at Chauncey going for a first. Mm-hmm. So the, what a world! They're in the world. They're in the market for. Oh yeah, a vet quarterback. Yeah, no uh, but, but here's the thing: there's a lot of, of all the ones that we just rattled off. There's a lot of teams that need a lot of quarterbacks. But how many good quarterbacks are there in the draft? That really is the the question. This is thankfully for Jacksonville, they ha- they made sure they got the number one pick when there was a, a a bevy of good options at the quarterback position, and obviously this team got the best one. But right plus, now, plus every one of those quarterbacks in the draft has a big question. Yeah, every one of them. this this cycle, it's not nearly as as appealing or appetizing as Trevor and, and all the ones that came out, Justin Fields and company. Well, let's bring it back to college football then, and bring it back to the playoff. How much money? Did C.J. Stroud make? I mean, is he now in conversation for that number one overall pick? Will a team trade up for him? Yeah, he helped himself. I would have said no prior to that playoff game. Yeah, he helped himself greatly. And it was all, you know, is is he a a one-read guy? Does he lock on? Does he do this? Does he do that? He didn't move around as much before. He decided to become a more willing runner in that game. Don't think that that wasn't uh, brought up by the people closest to him, Uh, meaning his camp as opposed to the Buckeyes camp. You need to get out there and run. You need to show some skill. Uh, at doing more than one thing, and oh yeah, he upped his stock tremendously. I don't know how high, but yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I want to talk to Dave about this too. Like, 
at some point, you've got to look at the Ohio State quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. At some point, you have to look right. at that and say, yeah. all right, is he just another guy? Yeah, it's the POS, you know, product of is, system. Is he and... just another guy who's going to come out of there and not do anything in this league? Yeah. Because that's all you've seen at this point. And you can't say Joe Burrow because Burrow got away from that system. Right. And went to a completely different place, played in the best league in the country. And shot. And, and his game was good year one, year two out of this, year two out of this world. And part yeah. of that was yeah. part of the system. Sure, it was yeah. development un, under Joe Brady. But, but it's I, – I look at that and I think, I don't know that I would do that. Yeah. And then you look at Bryce Young. He's definitely under six foot. He's all of under six foot, believe me. Mm-hmm. He's all of under 200 pounds. Yeah. So – and then you look at Will, Levis, Will Levis and you think, all right, he's got all the physical tools – they struggled this year. They couldn't protect this year. That hurt him. He got beat up. That hurt him a lot. He's 6'2". Um, he's 6'4". He's big dude. He's big dude. Then you look at Anthony Richardson. We all know about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, look at these quarterbacks. They all have questions. Every one of them where you're like, uh, I don't yeah. know. Well, coin flips everywhere, honestly. That's what, that's what it is. All right, so into the 2 o'clock hour, we'll say hello to Coach, uh, our man. Uh, as we'll break it down, uh, he was stoked coming out of the uh, Saturday night win over the hated Tennessee Titans. And Still we'll is. Get thoughts on that. And then what's coming next against the L.A. Chargers? Beaver Chevy, Beaver Toyota, they bring you Tuesday's show. You can find them online any day of the week or on the lot. BeaverChevrolet.com, BeaverToyotaStAugustine.com. Talking Chargers next with the Jags. This magic moment. This is XL Primetime, brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Our head coach, the magic man, and it was a magical moment Saturday night. Was it not, coach? Was it not magical? Listen, when he picked up that, when they had that fumble and he picked it up and ran it in, that was a magic moment because it was an unbelievable win. And we all felt the same. A big play had to occur because other than that, it just was not. All right, so let's get into the game. But also, real quick, you, you made it from the game to the fifth quarter safe and sound because Mia was worried about just how animated you were in the, in the press box when that big play happened. Well, I wanted to make sure I got out of that, you know, the area yeah. quickly with, yeah. the, with as many fans that were there and everybody was hollering and screaming yeah. coming out. <laughs> I knew there were a bunch of uh, inebriated people involved yeah. as well. Yeah. I get over to the parking lot. I forget I had a rental car for the game. <laughs> I literally forgot where I parked, and I literally walked around for 30, 40 minutes, burned up, calling my wife. She told me to relax and think, yeah. which is very difficult when I'm in that mode right there. <laughs> it took me a little while to find a car. And so you were just, you're like, every car that left, you go, well, that's not it. Uh, well, that's yeah. not it. And the problem <laughs> was I walked through to buy it about four times and didn't realize it was there. Uh, this, uh, the classic parking garage from Seinfeld, just trying to find <laughs> your car. I, I got a parking story for you, okay? This was probably about wow, seven, eight years ago. Clemson, big game, night game, ends, I get done riding, probably about one fifteen, so walk out of the press box, and they have you parked down the hill away from the stadium in this area that used to be the golf course. It's, you know, first, let me just say the Clemson people are awesome. They're the best. So I walk all the way down the hill. It's probably a good half-mile walk. Go down there, mm-hmm. car not there. So then you start double-thinking yourself. Did I really park there? How did I come in again? So then I start walking to the other lots. Not there. To that lot. Not there. To this lot over a quarter mile. Not there. It was literally 3 o'clock, okay, in the morning. 
So we're three talking. in the morning. So I was looking for probably an hour and forty minutes, oh. walking around Clemson. Okay. Finally, I said, "You idiot! Just call Tim Bray, who's the SID at Clemson." Mm-hmm. So I called yeah. Tim. Three in the morning, I call him. Tim gets right up and says, "I'll be right there." Wow. Comes out. He comes out in golf cart, takes me around, trying to find this place. Right, trying to find. He's I'm going to everyone. He said, "No, no." And he said, "You gotta be kidding me!" So what kind of car do you have? And I think it's like white Corolla or something like that. And he goes, "Hang on." So. He calls up to the parking people, and they said, uh, I don't know if that's one of the cars we towed, but it sounds like it. Oh, no. I had a parking. I, I literally had a parking pass, okay? So we go down to the to the uh, tow lot. Mm-hmm. Nobody's there, but I see the car. There it is. No. So hang on. Hang on. It's not like it's not coming up on 4 in the morning right now, right? Yeah. So he calls the tow lot person. This is why I see people in Clemson are awesome. They say, we'll get somebody there in 10 minutes, all right? Wow. So Tim's like, I gotta go, man. You know, my, I said, go. I'll stand. I'm, I'm fine. So she pulls up in her truck, and I, I swear, I swear, God is my witness. Pulls up in her truck. She's got about an 18 month old son in the front seat, no car seat. Wow. And also, she's, also very. And here's, wait, here's the best driving. part. Here's the best part. She's in her pajamas. Yeah, yeah. And he was <laughs> sleeping. He's just on her. So I was like, I looked at. Her, I was like, I really, really appreciate this. You know, I mean, it's. She goes in there, opens the gate, says, is that your car? I said, yeah. I get in the car, drive all the way back to Greenville, get to Greenville at like 6.15 in the morning. Flight leaves at 8. I walked into Greenville, grabbed the bag, walked out, got to the plane. Got it. That's Unbelievable. That's well, that was their screw-up. Yeah, it was their mess. Yeah, it was their, it was their mess, but it was also a hell of a job by them because I yeah. never would have gotten that car back. That and both of mess. us were sober. That's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I, I, and neither one of us were happy either, I can tell you that. Yeah, me oh. and Joe have getting lost in the stadium stories not so sober. Yeah. Uh, I eight, was sober at the end. How, how about the 18-month-old in the car? Literally sitting up in the car, too, yeah. like right next to her. That is so funny. She's in her pajamas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, how you doing? I said, uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> no hesitation. Hey, listen, little man, seatbelt yourself. Uh, I'm, just glad, you don't co- want to, I'm just glad Coach Campo and Matt yeah. had safe travels because yeah. <laughs> even be, I, once the game ended happy, I was like, Coach Campo is going to be okay, especially when traveling on the elevator back downstairs from the press box at 145 in the morning mm-hmm. myself. I'm with Amanda Holt of mm-hmm. Jaguars PR. And Gary Smith's of the Times Union. And Gary says to Amanda and I, hey, coach sounds great on the radio right now. He's as li- alive as ever. And Amanda and I look at each other and we go, Doug's on the fifth quarter? And he goes, nah, Coach Campo. He sounds like it's 2 o'clock in the afternoon right now. Right. All fired up and ready to go. Are you ready for round two this Saturday? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I have to mention this before we get going here. We're, we're using the whole show, it looks yeah. like, on a bunch of baloney. <laughs> but right. I did say to Mia, She's sitting next to me with about four minutes left. I said, you know, going into this game, I would have, as a knowing our team mm-hmm. and what was, you know, was the matchups and the way their team was working, I would have sat there and been saying, man, if we leave this team around very long, yeah. you know, it, it, bad things yeah. can happen. Yeah. And I said, but at this point right now, if I was – over with the Titans, I'd be saying if we leave this bad team very long, we might be in trouble, and we just might win this thing at the end. Yeah. We did. Yeah, it, it, and honestly, Coach, you've been in these games where you've had big moments, and, and, and just kind of jump in on that theme because the biggest part of it was that this Jacksonville defense was able to hold them to field goals and then keep themselves alive, even though they didn't necessarily have everything going offense. Well, not only did they hold them to field goals, but the last four or five drives, they held them to a field goal, and then I think it was two or three punts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
and then the fumble for a touchdown, and yep. then they're out on downs. And, you know, that alone was the reason we won the football game. There's no question about it. But you don't win with field goals in the league uh, unless it's just a very unusual situation. Right. You've got to score touchdowns. And I thought when uh, Trevor had the bad one that he sailed over the, over the kid's head in the end zone. Yeah, Zay Jones, you know, I was really nervous at that point because they scored just before the half. And those three points usually are big. You know, they kicked that field goal. And then to miss that, I was concerned, to be honest with you. Let's talk a little bit about the running game. Um, Obviously, we knew with the Tennessee Titans run defense that it was going to be a struggle. Uh, 19 yards. I don't think anybody had that, even though we knew it was only a 30-plus yard outing from Travis Etienne the last time those two teams met. My question is, Coach Campo, is that just a byproduct of playing the Titans, or did you see issues in the run game? No, I I honestly believe it was the Titans, and I also believe that our offense played conservatively in the first half, knowing how important it it was not going to be a big scoring game, probably, in their mind, and they didn't want to make a mistake. So they stayed with a running game really uh, in the first half that really wasn't there. And it comes down to we talk all the time about back when I was here in 5, 6, and 7 mm-hmm. about Stroud and Henderson. The two inside guys were so critical yes. in stopping the run. And they had two guys in Simmons and Tart mm-hmm. that were controlling the inside and the linebackers were making plays. And it was not going to be a good running game, period. Uh, and, you know, again, I think we've done pretty good inside. But, you know, we've got an older guy at one guard. We've got a rookie at center. And we've got a career backup at the other guard. And they're handling two big studs inside. And that doesn't bode well. Uh, for And their defense was flying around. you got to oh, give yeah, them credit. They were. Which, they by the way, impressive. Doug Peterson met with the media about two hours ago. I'm going to be heading down to the stadium here mm-hmm. in just a little bit because Trevor Lawrence will be meeting with the media. But Doug did say that, quote, the nature of the playoffs doesn't mean you want to be reckless on fourth downs. It does mean you'll see them gamble a little bit. But like you said, you felt like because of the nature of the opponent, they were conservative, if anything, in the play calling. Even with the crazy, you know, fumbled play, which as I <laughs> tweeted at the, in the moment, if – Jamal Agnew doesn't fumble that ball, and he goes for six, which it looked like he probably could have if the linebacker misread him because that was the only man he would have to beat. You all are calling Doug geniuses. Right, and that's the way trick plays work. You know, if they're, if, if the Philly special didn't work. Doug's an idiot. You know, right. what are you doing, you know, in that situation? So that's when you make that call, you know that it's either going to be feast or famine usually. And, and, you know, I think it was a little too cute at that point. I think I would have, you know, they tried to make it look like an yeah. option. I think, I think if they were going to run it, they'd have been better off just shoveling the ball to them like a normal or trying to hand it off or whatever. Right. But they were making it look like the speed option, and they had one guy to beat if he, mm-hmm. he catches it. And it's like Troy Aikman said, that's a 6-5 guy pitching it to a 5-10 guy or whatever Jamal Agnew is, and he pitched it over his head. All right, so this this is from the a mental and motivational standpoint with this team, because clearly he's pushing every every leather perfectly right now. Every leather, um, you're going into this game. You've beat them by four touchdowns in September. Do you do you look at it as are you, are you telling them, hey, you know they're a different team now. They've got they're healthy. You know it's a, it's a different situation right now. We got to do blah blah blah. Or do you say we're a different team now? 
we're not the same team that was out there in September. This is a completely different team right now. We're made for this moment right now. I'm telling them that it's a playoff game. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you did before. It doesn't matter what you do after. We know we can beat anybody in the league if we do what we're supposed to do and we don't make mistakes and and we you know we know the the players that we're facing that there's some good players that didn't play in the first game but that's the way the National Football League is. You also point out to them just remember the Colts game 24 to nothing in the first one lose the second one. So, you know, there's no uh guarantees in anything but we are a good football team. We're a different team. There might be a different team, but if we do what we're supposed to do, we win the game. They, they've got an edge to them now. I think on, on both Absolutely. sides of the ball. Like, like uh, you know, people were saying they were worried. I, I'm, I'm telling you, it was two, two minutes and 30 seconds to go, and I, I kept saying to myself, they're going to win this game, man. Because it's almost like now you know that they know we're good. We're all right. We got one chance. We've got a chance. You know what I mean? Yep. It was third and nine. I was thinking, all right, you get a, you get a, you get a pass defended here or you break it up. They punt. You go down and you score. And then you get the fumble return for a touchdown. But it's almost like they – have this, they're different. The way they think now is completely different from before. Absolutely. Believability in yourself and everything that they got going is as good as anything. All right, you're heading down there to say hello to a few of them. Yes, headed on down, and uh, we will have all of those interviews coming up on 1010XL's YouTube social media channels. All right, we'll keep it going. Mia heads down to the locker room. Coach Campo hanging out with us. XL primetime as we keep it going on what led to the Titans win, and then let's look ahead to the charge. This is XL Primetime, protected by Preferred Roofing on 1010XL. We've got our head coach, Dave Campo, hanging out with us. We'll kick out a Campo and Joe podcast a little bit later on. We'll Facebook Live, talking Jaguars win over the Titans, how they got there, what you can take out of that game, and then what they can take against the uh, L.A. Chargers. They're the underdog this week uh, at the bank. But first, that just happened. Brought to you by... Florida Home AC, the official air conditioning partner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, according to Zach Goodall over at All Gators at Sports Illustrated, the Gators' five-star quarterback, Jaden Rashada, the signee who is probably going to be their quarterback unless you want Graham Mertz or Miller as your quarterback, was supposed to enroll in the University of Florida on January 8th like all the other signees. (laughs) However, he has not. He has not. He appears in the, in the University of Florida student directory, but does not have a class schedule, nor does he possess a student email address. As of 11.30 a.m. Tuesday morning, that all, Gators, looks like my, all Gators uh, is reporting. If they could track me, uh, he is enrolled, but he hasn't signed up for any classes. No, he hasn't enrolled. They would, they would, they would have found that on mine. That's well, I'm, I'm joking about me. But uh, <laughs> Jacob has... Rudner of 24-7 Sports, he reported – that one source said Rashada would arrive on campus this week while others did not offer clarity regarding the situation. What is going on? Okay, you got kids that uh, that you just don't know what is in their head right now or maybe what's not in their pocket right now. I don't know. Uh, the same thing with who is it? Uh, uh, the Kamani kid uh, trying yeah. to figure Hermione out. Kamani McClain. Kamani yeah. McClain. Yeah. And just uh, uh, if you guys offer. don't follow recruiting or don't remember, Jalen Rashada was originally uh, committed. committed to Miami. Yeah. And yeah. then people – and insinuated that money is the reason why he left and went to Florida, and now the same insinuation is going on. He's a on Cali kid that's not right down the street. Okay. Yeah, not local. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's that's the thing. Recruiting never stops. It never no, does. Coach. No, and it's you you cannot like they lose that guy. I mean, your quarterback's a Graham Mertz and Jack Miller. Yeah. That's yeah, that, that'll that fire does you not up. translate to six wins. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, that'll fire you up. 
Yeah, that really will, especially after watching what Georgia did last night. We do we do need to ask you, Coach, a little bit about that natty last night. But let's get to the uh, get back to Jags and then last game. Look ahead to the next game. So, what do you learn from a game like that? It was a playoff atmosphere. It had every bit of a playoff scenario tied to it. You win, you're in AFC South champions. What? Even though it was a tough sled, what did, what did they get out of that? Well, first of all, just the uh, being in a game like that where there was so much on the line uh, is is a huge plus from an experience standpoint for mm-hmm. everybody, and especially the quarterback. At this point right now, to be honest with you, I believe there will be less pressure on our football team right. than there was going into this last one because it was such a big deal to go to 9-8 and eight for this team and this city and to make the playoffs mm-hmm. for this city and for, you know, you know now they're playing with house money for sure. I felt they were playing for house money anyway because I think they're a year ahead mm-hmm. of where they're going to be a year from now. But for them, the pressure really is off the coaching staff and the players because this is house money. And I think it will actually motivate them that we're underdogs. You Can't know, exhale, it, though, right? Yeah. And 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 here we go into this playoffs, and this is something new. But we've we've experienced for the last four weeks what it's like to have to win the game to have a chance to to go forward. So I, I'm not concerned. I think they learned from it. The pressure is off of them a little bit, and we're going to see which team is better on that night, and that's right. the key. I, I want to see how these young guys who've never been in the playoffs before how they react in the playoffs. I think last week was a playoff game because clearly it was winning you're in. I mean, they, you know, they could have had the held out for the way they may get this wild card scenario, this wild, wild card scenario that didn't play out. But I think it was began last week. So I, and, and I keep saying this about Josh Allen, but there are other guys in that team too. Devon Hamilton's playing a lot better in the last month of the season. I think these guys now see what's in front of them. They see the fact that, okay, not only can we win this division, which they did, and then it's time to get in the playoffs. And once you get in that tournament, Dave, and this is what I want you to talk about, it's, it doesn't matter where you start, right? Absolutely. Look at the Cincinnati Bengals last year. They were a wild card team. Uh, and uh, were they? They went right on the road and knocked yeah, right on the road. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, that doesn't, you know, mean anything at this point. Right now, you're in the tournament. you got a chance. And to be honest with you, I think this team has something special. And, you know, when you're winning games like this, good teams and special teams find a way to win the games. And all of these games have been close, and we've won them. Mm -hmm. And to me, that bodes well for us. And uh, they're going to have a little bit of a problem coming cross country, but I think this team has has a chance. They could be a team of destiny. You don't know. And and that's not some craziness. Because you're a coach in the NFL. You know this. No, absolutely not. And and it still comes down to – how they play that night right. on Saturday night and how they play the next night. Uh, I, I feel good about this team. I think Peterson's got them right where he wants them, and I think they feel like they can beat anybody. Yeah, and, and if you go back, I, I appreciate this, and we'll get the sound from uh, Jaguars.com and, and Doug Peterson, but he immediately is going to go into this week saying, what we did in week three has little to do with what we're going to do in week Nineteen now, first week of the playoffs. Absolutely, this is about uh, a, you know it's zero zero, 
and uh, it's one team against the other, and both of them are, you know, we actually have better offensive statistics than they do. So if we do what we're supposed to do, uh, and it's going to be one of those scoring games, we're going to have to score, mm-hmm. and the team that holds serve on defense towards the end is probably going to win the football game. Yeah. So is there is there a danger, and I've been saying this for the whole last week actually, is there a danger in reacting to how well Josh Allen has played over the last month and signing him to a long-term deal? Or is this, do you now see him, he's now on a team of like minds that are moving toward and ascending toward the top of the upper half of the NFL. Now he's starting to, now we're really starting to see what kind of player he is. Is there a danger just taking that little window of, of that one month and saying, okay, let's sign him? Yeah, I think you have to take the body of work. You know, if you're going to pay a lot of money, uh, it, it really depends on who's out there, what you can do, you know, in the draft or in, in free agency. Do you have money to bring, you know, if you, if you don't, you know, sign him to a long-term deal? Is there somebody that you can get better? You know, has, is he on the rise? All those things make a difference. And, and to me, uh, you know, uh, the one thing I do like is that when, the, when it's, it's been on the line, he's, he's done yeah. it. You know, in, in other seasons, nothing's been on the line. So you don't know, you know, uh, that might have been a factor. Plus, you know, that physical body, Coach, how many of those guys are in the NFL? Yeah, you just can't – got to make sure that you can get somebody better. That's, mm-hmm. that's the key. And, and I think with Cam Robinson was a perfect example. They felt like they were going to have to do too much to replace him, and so you give him a contract. Yeah. If Josh Allen was bad, a bad football player, you don't do it. But if he shows signs of being – you know that guy. Then you have to you have to say what's the comparison. I and he's not a bad player. He just doesn't show consistently. Right. And and until recently, I, I think all of a sudden he's starting to right. show up consistently. And they schemed a little in, bit better, right? Second yeah. Half. And, and in 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 uh, meaningful meaningful ball games. Yes. It weren't very meaningful ball games the, the last, last four years, right? Yeah. yeah. You know. So uh, you know. Again, some of that could be uh, the light turning on. Some of it could be the players around him. Like you said, you know, you, 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 right. sometimes it was like he's getting help with Calais Campbell. And, you know, when he was here, he, he brought something to the table that maybe some of these young guys on the D line are bringing to the table. Right. And, 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 and that helps everybody. Heck, Corey Peters is a yeah, guy. Oh, that, Corey Peters had a great game. He had a great People game. He's not, one of those big honkers inside yeah. that, that uh, can make a difference in the running game. Yeah, people may not realize, you know, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And that guy made an impact. Absolutely, crashing the boards, which frees up a Josh Allen and the others to make plays. Absolutely, uh, and so you know, I don't know. I can answer that question because I haven't watched him specifically right. with the idea: are we going to pay him millions of dollars? Or but that question's coming up. Oh, absolutely, right? yeah. absolutely. They picked up the option. Okay, yeah. so they picked up the option. Yeah. They know they're doing that. Yes. Then they got to make a decision on long term yeah. franchise right. tag, all right. that kind of stuff. And I think but, you, that gives you picking up the option gives you the opportunity to make that decision. Right. It's not. It's not just on these four games. You're going to get more games to make that decision. Exactly, because he is in – the option's been picked up. He is in the fold unless they were to move him and a contract, which – Right, which but you know how happen. that goes. Like, the offseason's going to be – you want the deal. Oh, of course, because that's what happens. he's not going to be happy if he yeah. doesn't get the deal. That yeah. last year, this past offseason, you basically pick it up. And then right. next offseason, if you shine, which is what he's doing right now, he knows it's – you know, someone's going to write a check. I'm going to sign the back of it, right. you know, and it's going to be big. And so, all right, so we'll – 
we got to get to the Chargers coming up here in just a second. We'll do more of that on Thursday, but right. at least let's get a couple of thoughts going because if we said already it's a much different team. They're getting healthy, uh, getting Derwin James back and a couple of others, but maybe not Mike Williams. So we'll touch on that coming up. It's XL Primetime. This is XL Primetime. Brought to you by Florida Home AC. Now that's cool on 1010XL. Our head coach of XL Primetime is Dave Campo. He's cool, that's for sure. And uh, his first tailgate. Shout out to uh, Bold City Brigade, Teal Street Hooligans, the slab. You got you got firsthand uh, <laughs> eyewitness account of how they party. Listen, it's crazy. I mean, I've never seen anything like it. Now, again, it's my first tailgate party <laughs> that I've ever been to. So uh, it was wild and fun, yeah, just, and, and and I was just so excited. That's why I was nuts in a press box, basically, because mm-hmm. I, I swear I told every one of those guys I'm more enthused for us winning for this community yeah. than I am for the organization, to be yeah. honest with you, because I've been in Cleveland mm-hmm. where the fans are, are just – Want, want, want it, it so, so bad, bad. And, yeah. and Jacksonville's the same. Well, just know so. that you went to the perfect tailgate, even though you don't have anything to compare it to. You were not thrown into a vat of mayonnaise, and you didn't have to be uh, heaved onto a table uh, that you had to bust. So that's good. Yes. These, are, these, these people know how to party without, you know, breaking limbs or anything They like do, that. absolutely. All right, I, the, the run game. The run game. So, so the Chargers are giving up more than five yards five point, carry. 5.4 yards a carry, 32nd in the league. That's huge. Against the run. I mean, it sets up perfectly for this offense. Well, right? you know, I look at statistics, but again, you know that it comes down to how you play that night and whether or not your guys match up individually. Right. But, you know, you look at the statistics, and our offensive statistics are actually better than theirs, which is nobody would think that right. we were better than Herbert and his crew and those receivers. Now, they've got a lot of firepower, so it's going to be a scoring game. But the one thing that gives us a great advantage is if we can run the football, which I believe we can against these guys, that opens up everything. And, uh, you know, it's it's a perfect way to set up the play-action pass to, you know – Keep the third downs in shorts. Right. And and I think that's our game, to be honest with you. I think Trevor's a better play action thrower than he is if they can tee off. You know, in the second half of this last ball game, everybody said, well, their defense stepped it up in this in the second half. It was all based on the fact that they weren't even worried about their run. They were going to play the run off of rushing the passer. And that's how they got on our guys a little bit and got some pressure on Trevor. Those three and outs, three and outs, three and outs. So you expect to see a more Concerned effort to run the ball, clearly, absolutely on Saturday, absolutely, and I believe we can. Okay, you know I think we've been able to run the ball in situations where the team we were playing wasn't great against the run. And that, and all, all of a sudden, like we didn't see Evan Ingram last last week. Now you're going to see Smart. Evan Ingram, absolutely. Yeah. Now you're going to see Evan Ingram if yep. you run the ball well. The now you will routes, see him. Yeah, the crossing routes, yeah. the the Kirk on the crossing yeah. routes, yeah. Zay Jones, all those things come into play. Self scout, keep moving it around. All right, a couple real quick, uh, Coach. Off the text line, designed by Lifetime Enclosures. Uh, one of them was about Trevor running, okay, because we did say that there were times where it looked like he might have been able, should have taken off. Will we see a more willing runner? Because, Matt, and we were all talking during the break about just how many guys Tennessee walked up to the box, just being able to run against that front, either ETN or Trevor. 
Yeah, you know, we might see it a little bit more. I think, you know, the biggest thing to me is it was more of a conservative game plan, Mm -hmm. you know, going in, uh, I think. And uh, I think, Trevor, you know, they're going to pull out all the stops in this one. You know, this is huge to get to that second, to the division round. Uh, And, you know, I think you're going to put everything into it and let come what may because they're playing with house money. Mm -hmm. They're, they're, you know, we're going to – be much more loose, and it's going to be a little bit more open. All right, Steve out of Melbourne, off the text line designed by Lifetime Closures. Coach, I have concerns with Darius covering the much larger wide receivers. Would you shade a safety uh, to help avoid the 50-50 ball? Well, I think, you know, depending upon what they do defensively, mm-hmm. you, know, uh, you know, they've got the big receivers, but, you know, I think our two corners have done pretty well. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, especially if Mike uh, – if, uh, if Mike Williams, Williams is, is, yeah. is hurt. You know, if he's not 100%, he's not going to be the same guy. Uh, you know, I think Darius can handle himself. Uh, I think they'll make sure that whoever's on him, they're going to leave Campbell a little bit more alone than they are Darius, for mm-hmm. sure. He's got to be on, on Keenan Allen, right? I mean, yeah. Campbell. You would think. He's, yeah. he's got to follow him everywhere. Yeah, right? I would think so. Yes. You know that both of them can get you and gut you. Yeah. But, right, yeah. but you got to take at least one of them out of the game. Well, Mike yeah. Williams is the one that has the higher yeah, catch. High point it. The yeah. higher catch. Uh, mm-hmm. Rate. Yardage. Mm-hmm. No, but I mean, Rate you know, the, the, yeah, yeah. Average yeah, per, yeah, the average per catch. Average yeah. per catch. Yeah. You know, Keenan is is really good, but he's more of a speed, cross mm-hmm. and route kind of a guy. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, I think they'll put uh, Campbell on him, to be honest with you. Yeah, because right. he's he's their third and seven year to play. He, right. He's going to Keenan now. Right. Yeah. All right, real quick before we go, because we got to ask Coach at least a little college. This is from – TCU Ronnie, he had to text in because, you know, it just it, it hurt him. Too. Is he man, okay that, today? He said that he was absolutely be. brutal. Uh, so be. bad it made my soul hurt. It was like watching all the bad Jaguars games for the past 10 seasons all rolled up into one last night. Uh, that was not TCU. Go Toads. Uh, that, was, that was ugly, Coach. Well, the guy that was ranting the Raven about you had on the show <laughs> the, about – about uh, what have you done to me? What have you done to us college fans? It, he almost rivaled Kirby in his pregame speech. Uh, you know, I'll tell you what, that was just one of those games that just got away from TCU. And, you know, I honestly felt after watching Duggan play earlier in the mm-hmm. year that he sh- he might have been the Heisman Trophy yeah, candidate. Yeah. Well, oh, that just balance. goes to show you what Georgia has in their arsenal. And and you know they're they're gonna it's gonna be tough to beat Georgia going forward because they're just gonna recruit even more exactly. after that game. They made him look pedestrian. Yeah, and that was a Heisman contender. Yeah, yep. When you think about second, it. Yeah. I believe yeah. in a Heisman. You know what? Because yeah. it's a line of scrimmage game. When you get right down to those big ones, it's all about the line of scrimmage. Well, the guy that's just going into the pros, uh, Carter. Yeah, he he ran roughshod over those yeah, he guys. Did. All right, coach. Good stuff as always. Appreciate it. Uh, we will fire up a Campo and Joe uh, Facebook Live right around 3 o'clock. Uh, definitely tune in, and then we'll have it up wherever you find your podcast on all of our 1010XL social channels. We'll say hello to the Franchi Show coming up next. Now, the two-minute drill brought to you by Tire Outlet. Tire Outlet is now hiring. Visit tireoutlet.com slash careers. Equal opportunity employer. I see the embedded and shredded. Ready to rock and roll. Hayes Carline joins us now. Franji showed just around the corner. The Horn Frog scored seven last night, Hayes. It was yeah. a 10-7 contest at yeah, one point. Thanks for showing up, TCU. <laughs> you believe that? That was inspiring. A team that averaged over 40 points a game got seven. 
got in the end yeah. zone and touched that grass but once. Yeah, there were a lot of losers last night. Obviously, TCU, uh, with that embarrassing performance, that'll be something that'll be very difficult for the nation to forget about. Um, you know, for a program that, while it has a, a rich tradition going back to winning the title in, like, 38, recently there's not much to go off of. So this is going to be a hard image for uh, to get unburned from, from the country's mind. I think uh, Ohio State's a big loser because you feel like if you'd held on against Georgia, you're the national champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if you're Michigan, you're a big loser because how how did you lose that game uh, after seeing how TCU fared against Georgia? I think Oklahoma and Texas are losers. You're getting ready to join this league where Georgia doesn't do this to SEC teams. You know what I mean? Like not like that. Not like that. I mean they they to Vandy, but not not yeah, not yeah. like I mean like, most of their games are not. They're a dominant program in the SEC, but most of their games are not that. Yeah. And Texas and Oklahoma can barely hang with TCU, and now we're getting ready to enter that world. Uh, so I thought uh, a lot of losers last night, but uh, you know, certainly congrats to uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. I mean, just uh, an absolutely phenomenal run, and uh, certainly the start of what might end up being something that rivals Saban's Alabama dynasty. Yeah, because we'll, we'll pay off our Twitter poll here in just a second is, you know, are they the new Alabama? Have they officially taken over? Uh, but meanwhile, uh, after back-to-back titles are uh, being enjoyed by Bulldog Nation, uh, the five-star quarterback in Gainesville hasn't shown up in Gainesville yet. At least that's the report. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume the University of Florida still takes football seriously, but I'm really starting to wonder if it's become intramurals. Uh, I mean, what what is going on? Uh, I mean, th- this team can't – this program can't do anything right. Uh, not right now. And, and yeah, if Jaden Rashada ends up not being a part of the team, then I, I think it – it raises massive questions about Billy Napier and the direction of this program and, and the seriousness of which, you know, we should take Florida's football program at this point under this leadership from the top down. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, I, I mean, they were already in for a really rough 2023, but your glimmer of hope was, well, maybe if it goes bad, you put in Rashada three or four games in and maybe you see something out of him and, you know, maybe with Rashada and DJ Lagway, if he sticks in 2024, as laughable as that is, um, you know, then then maybe you, you have something. But, yeah, it's just oh. it's it's a it's a disaster after a disaster after a disaster for the Gators. And you look at the landscape around them. Georgia's the repeat national champion going for a three peat. Tennessee has certainly found something. Yeah, they're top 10 and Florida State is going to be preseason top five. You're going to be a double-digit underdog to those three rivals next year and perhaps many years into the future. Well done, Gators. See, I think literally, we have literally all we, all we, we did was like, walk by the cage and just yeah. poke the bear. <laughs> I think we have him prime for the show. Yeah. We've got plenty coming. Yeah, all that coming up on the Franchise <laughs> Show. Plus, uh, we'll probably get into the Jaguars as well. Denny Thompson will join us at five. I love Here, it. He, here's the best mentioned part. mentioned on national TV last he night. Didn't, That's right. He didn't know about Rashada until yeah. we told him. So he literally, in the 45 seconds where he put his bag down He's and so sat down, yeah. boom. And then Matt and Baker says, the Gator Collective is an absolute joke. I stopped donating and won't again. Hey, they may not get my $9.99 uh, <laughs> next month if, if this keeps up. That's for sure. All right, we are out. Thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. Beaver Toyota, you got two great dealerships that will take care of you. You want the buying experience to be great. You want the car to be great. SUVs, trucks, whatever it is. BeaverChevrolet.com and on Phillips Highway and BeaverToyotaSanAugustine.com right there on US1 in the AUG.
We are out. Joe C, MLB, Matty Hayes, Big Surs, and JJ.